official has hinted that the group may now consider the Egyptian peace plan that failed to gain sufficient Palestinian support yesterday. Residents of Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling centre. Hertfordshire County Council is reviewing the use of 17 sites in the area and have proposed to close the one in Elstree. The nearest alternative is a 14-mile round trip to Potter's Bar. Lawrence Stack is from the Elstree and Boreham Wood Residents Association. It would be a disaster with all the build and all the rubbish people have got. People have fill up other bins. They will put send stuff to landfill and it's too far to go to Potter's Bar. Why should we have to suffer for everybody else when we can have a possible 50,000 people as a population in the town? Medical researchers say there's no benefit to the widespread practice of telling people with higher than normal blood sugar levels that they are pre-diabetic. Experts from University College London and the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota argue that doing so has no clinical worth and creates unsustainable burdens for healthcare systems. Two women and a man uh, were injured in a road crash yesterday in Luton. Ambulance crews say all three were put on immobilising spinal boards as a precautionary measure and taken to hospital. The collision happened at midday yesterday on Crawley Green Road. A global survey has found millions of people are frustrated about the amount of time they spend looking at screens. The poll by Ipsos Mori interviewed 16,000 adults in 20 countries, including the UK. Owen Amos has more details. More than three in four people said the world was changing too fast. Six in ten said they wished their lives were simpler and that, in the survey's words, people were happier in the old days when they had fewer problems. But it wasn't all bad news. 60% of people also said that technology was necessary because it would solve future problems. The weather, a fine and dry day with some good spells of sunshine and a high of 26 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you go out, even just walking your dog of an evening, people will stop and chat to you. It's all about where you live. It's a gorgeous village, very picturesque. It has a lovely meal. And all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. It's a good old old community a bit like the Hot Fuzz community. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Those stats at the end of uh, Jane's bulletin. Can we can we get those stats please? Let's get that audio and get those stats printed off. Because They sound like the most made-up figures I've ever heard in my life. 60% of people think technology is necessary. What? What? Do they know what technology is? Like a watch is technology, yeah? Yeah? A plug is... that. That's technology, yeah? And some... A number out of ten thought life was better in the olden days. Jeez. Wowzers! Who commissioned that stuff? Let's get that audio and those stats and we'll, um, we'll really tear that report apart, shall we? Right, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show today. No, normally when I say a busy show, I'm talking rubbish. Today I'm not. Luton women consider serving in Syria... Elstree residers fight for the right to tip. Oh, Catherine, you're on fire today with your made-up words. 
And I can prove to you that the Daily Mail has lost the plot and is without a doubt, today at least, Britain's worst newspaper that is most out of touch with the, in inverted commas, the common people. It's incredible what they've got in there, pages four and five. Residers, Catherine, wonderful, wonderful. You made up a word, beautiful, I love it. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Can, can we get, please, the uh, stats from that report from Jane's Bulletin? The audio is in there for you. Beautiful. I repeat, the audio is in there for you. We'll have that in a bit. Just incredible statistics in the news there. Keep on running. Keep on hiding. One fine day I'm gonna be the one to make you understand. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be your man. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll go through those statistics that are in the news a little bit later on. You comfortable? Um, ish. Okay. You're not on a chair that goes up and down. That, know, that breaks like my heart. Uh, and we'll also explain to you later on why the Daily Mail is completely out of touch with... Uh, well, why I think it's completely out of touch with, with people. And I, we'll, we'll see if you agree or disagree. That's coming up a bit later on. But, lead story. A number of Muslim women in Luton have expressed the desire to join fighters in Syria as police continue to urge them to inform on male family members considering jihad in the region. A BBC reporter 
has found that several young women in Berry Park are willing to travel there themselves. Catherine Boyle uh, has got the uh, details on this. What are these women actually saying, Catherine? Well, we've been working with Radio 4 on this one, and their reporter, Seema Katech, has been talking to women in the area of Luton, known as Berry Park. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, Luton, this part of the town has a very diverse population with a particularly high concentration of Muslims from Pakistan, Kashmir and India. Now, while some didn't want to go on record, we can hear from a number of voices coming up in the next few minutes. One woman here spoke openly to Seema and when I say openly she was standing outside the Islamic centre in Berry Park and she was waiting for a friend so they could go inside to pray. The woman didn't want to be named but I can tell you that she's 20 years old and she told Seema that she's been scarred by the images of dead Muslim civilians. If I had the opportunity I would definitely go to Syria to help out the Muslim brothers in need and sisters. How old are you? 20. Like the Prophet said we're one body if one part aches the whole body aches yeah so I would definitely fight for them because what's happening to them is not right. You do understand that if you go, yeah. you could be criminalising yourself so that when you come back... I probably wouldn't come back. You probably, you probably, it's not even safe there. I probably wouldn't. You're OK with not coming back? Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. So the government advises against all travel to Syria and imams have pleaded with Muslims not to go there. It doesn't sound, Catherine, as though the message is getting across. Well, no, and the women Seema spoke to told her that they don't listen to old imams, ah. their words. The majority of them weren't talking about going there and taking up arms, though. They want to go out to support the male fighters by cleaning, cooking and acting as nurses, first aiders. There are pictures of Muslim women uh, on the internet holding AK-47s and dressed in compact gear, but apparently this is a rarity. The women we spoke to in Luton told us that they they would be going to Syria to provide what they called humanitarian aid. But they said that, unfortunately for many of them, um, in their words, unfortunately, family priorities make it difficult. But these women say it is a good cause. If they want to go out there and support their family, good for them. It's a good cause as well, isn't it? Do you mean? When I say that if you can help anybody in this, this time of their need, whether it's bandaging them, helping them, why not? Well, there seems to be some confusion, doesn't there, uh, among many of the Luton women about the politics surrounding the fighting. It's, yeah. a conf- it's a confusing situation out there. And there is a lot of idealism there. They're talking about going out and helping their Muslim brothers and sisters. But Seema found that they were all talking about doing that. But some hadn't considered the idea that by doing that, they would be in conflict with other Muslim brothers and sisters. Some didn't really understand whether they'd be supporting government forces or rebels. Every person wants to protect themselves. Who would you be fighting for out there? You don't know. That's, I don't know. It's so interesting. Nobody knows. So do you know what's happening in Syria politically? I know uh, the government uh, and the problems that that's caused, but then you've got the rebels, and um, I don't know. It's very. I haven't been following it too closely, but I'd, I'd have to properly do my research before yeah. that decision could be made. Yeah, you you would have to properly do your research before going to but a foreign country to fight. Wouldn't that's you? quite staggering, isn't it? Incredible. What's the official advice about travelling to Syria? It's a no-no, isn't it? Well, it is. And at the same time, Bedfordshire Police are running this campaign along with many other um, police forces across the UK. They're encouraging anyone who thinks they may know of someone planning to travel to Syria to call 1001 for help and advice. They're particularly interested in hearing from female family members who know about male family members, but of course they're not going to turn away any information at this point. The official advice from the UK advises against all travel to Syria and Iraq uh, and uh, it, it this is, this is the official line. Anyone travelling to these areas is exposing themselves to serious risks. The police and security services are actively working to detect and disrupt terrorist threats and people who are thinking about travelling to Syria or Iraq to engage in terrorist activity should be in no doubt that we will take the strongest possible action to protect our national security, including prosecuting those who break the law. Extremism of any kind has absolutely no place in our society. A raft of practical measures are now being implemented to strengthen our approach across a range of sectors 
including in prisons, schools, universities and online. They're talking about terrorism there and I think some of these women don't realise that that's what they potentially could be accused of. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got those statistics from that uh, survey that you heard in the news. It's incredible reading in as much as it well, doesn't really say nothing. And also, why is the Daily Mail the worst British newspaper today at least? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. London bound. We're getting reports in um, about a lane being blocked at the moment, just around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. So thank you, Ray, for that, for calling that in. The M25 do expect delays between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, as those major roadworks are continuing there. Also in Milton Keynes, roadworks continue on standing way at Newport Road, so do expect delays there, often building up through the rush. On the train so far this morning, there's no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. 
Thank you, Nicola. 6.16, it's Wednesday the 16th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Women in Luton say they're prepared to fight in Syria. People in Hertfordshire are angry they're about to lose their recycling. And in last night's football uh, friendlies, both Milton Keynes Dons and Stevenage lost 1-0. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so should we should we go through these statistics? Should we want to go through these statistics with me? We've got some stats here. Well, you say that. Well, nonsense. a study has been carried carried out, carried out, carried out by um, Ipsos Mori. They're like the, the study people. Them and Gallup, isn't it? It's them and Gallup that mm. do the studies, and they've got some statistics. Um, uh, well, should we listen who, to the... Who have they carried this out <clears throat> for? Because there's usually a reason. Uh, I don't see a name. Mm. Uh, the intention here is to spark a conversation about what next. Well, the conversation that's been sparked is why. Most people admit they are constantly looking at a screen and crave a simpler, slower lifestyle, according to a major global study. This isn't just in Britain. This has been done around the world. Giving an insight into the huge role played by technology in our lives, an average of six in ten people quizzed agreed with the statement, I am constantly looking at a screen these days. Where does that take us? Constantly. Constantly. Nonsense. Nonstantly. Six in ten said they, said they wish their lives were simpler. Three in four believe the world is changing too fast, while more than half wish they could slow down the pace of their lives. Where has this taken us? Has this taken us anywhere yet? Are we, have we got anywhere? 61% of Britons... Now, this is, this is made up... This doesn't mean anything. 61% of Britons... Why do we spell Britons with an O? Um, ancient tribe. OK, thank you. That's that cleared up. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, oh, why do we spell it with... Why isn't it Britains? Why is it Britons? Um, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, five. I think it is ancient quicker, tribe. Quicker, isn't it? It's quid's it's quicker. Um, marginally so. But what about people? Life. What about people from Brittany? They're Britons. They'd be Bretons. What? Yeah. What about people from Benetton? Um, Italians. Sixty-one percent of Britons said they believe people led happier lives. Quotes in the old days when they had fewer problems to cope with. What like rickets? The plague. <laughs> TB. Six in ten people agreed that technology is necessary. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. What does it... I mean, most surveys, I, I, you know, they're a load of rubbish and you can make them say what you want them to say, but this doesn't say... This says nothing to us at all. Apart from, aren't people daft? Let's, let's do our own poll. If you think technology is necessarily necessary... Give us a call on How the can they? phone. Because if they don't think it's necessary, they're not going to... Well, if you think it's unnecessary, text in... <laughs> That's how you get around that little... Uh, yeah, good, us. good shout. Um, so this is... The, the, let's name the guy. Ben Page, the chief executive of Ipsos Mori, says, we've put the complex and sometimes contradictory attitudes of connected citizens, blah-de-blah-de-blah-blah-bum-bum-bum. People talk nonsense. What's Ipsos Mori? 
they're like they carry out surveys. They do this. This is their job. You'd think they'd be better at it. International, pointless, <laughs> obvious. Uh, what's what could the S be? Well, for? you've missed out one. What S. could the S be for? <laughs> the report also revealed a conflict between what people say and how they act with regard to their privacy. Most people living in 2014 want to live life on their own terms. Oh, crying out loud. Some don't. Some hey, want to be told what to do. And in another survey, most people uh, most people said they didn't like it when they got ill. <laughs> so, some, people, some people said that when they hit their thumb with a hammer, they swore. And some people get sad sometimes. Why? It didn't mean anything. Let's, I think we should definitely come up with our own survey. OK, well, let's come For up what? with our own survey. For what? Well, exactly, for nothing. For okay. nothing. Well, do, 08459 555555. If anybody can, can get any interest out of these statistics. And all, I'm, I'm in a, I've got a cob on today, mm. partly because I had an argument. Guess who I had an argument with yesterday, Kelly? Um, this is how angry I was. I had an argument with someone you should never have an argument with. Uh, Two people in a tiny room. Oh, here? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Uh, your children? No, I argue oh. with those losers all the time. A surgeon and a cancer nurse. Yeah, that's right. I had an argument with a cancer nurse. What was it about? About the fact they were Muppets. That's what it was about. Oh. So I'm still kind of carrying that mood over. Now it's gone on to Ipsos Mori. You wait till we get on the Daily Mail. Mm. You wait till we get on the Daily Mail.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we all love a good dump. But people living in Elstree and Borehamwood are worried they might have to travel miles for theirs in the future. (laughs) Hertfordshire County Council... Hertfordshire County Council is reviewing the use... 17 tidy tips with a proposal to close the one in Elstree. Who writes this stuff? Uh, me. The local residents' association is complaining they haven't been given enough notice about the plan and they're concerned they've not got long to object before the August the 3rd deadline. Well, Justin, you, uh, you've been to the... Uh, mm, the naughty, tip. naughty. Haven't you? Whoa. 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 What's the vibe? Uh, the vibe is not great because people, uh, as you mentioned, um, they love a good dump, uh, particularly in Elstree and Borenwood. Uh, Lawrence Stack is a member of the Elstree and Borenwood Residents Association. He says, listen, forget any uh, consultation. This is a done deal, which is why the public know nothing about any changes which could happen from September. Uh, take a quick listen to this. Absolutely. You're doing like they've done with other consultations in the town. We had a Isopod house, 12-storey building. And they said, oh, no one objected to it, but no one knew about it, and they're doing exactly the same here. I go along to the borough meetings, council meetings, and I try and ask questions, say, oh, we want to get the, the community involved, we want to do consultations, we want to hear their feedback, and when you try and ask questions or get people to old meetings, they don't do it. And hopefully later in the programme, um, there will be an opportunity for you to talk to somebody from the council, but... But as we currently stand, uh, what is your message to Terry Doris? Uh, He's the man in charge of Harts County Council when it comes to this particular issue. What would you like to say to him? Terry Doris, well, he doesn't listen to anyone on the streetlights. He turns them off after midnight when we've got services going on till one o'clock in the morning. He doesn't fill in the potholes. I had to do a campaign and go on to Watchdog on the telly to get the holes filled in and shame the council. Why haven't they done it? And now the same thing with the tip. Why am I doing all the work of others? Lawrence, not a happy man there, Justin. What else do people have to say? Well, people are furious, to be honest with you. I mean, Lawrence is outside the dump uh, pretty much every single day, handing out leaflets, telling people what every, might be going every on. Every day? Yes, every single day. Dedication? Every day, because um, he's not happy, because he feels like the, the council should have told people about this. Yep. Um, if this is to go, the nearest dump would be Potter's Bar. That, that's quite some journey. So yep. you are going to hear from various voices later on, but to get you started, this is Joe, who I spoke to. Well, Joe, you're just uh, pulling into the tip right now. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this place potentially closing later in the year? Well, I think it's a b- disgrace, quite frankly. I don't know what they think they're playing at. This place is an asset to the local borough, you know? We all come up here. We've been you coming up here for years. Mm. They've built it up, you and me, and they've made it viable, keep it clean, you get rid of all your gear, and it stops people fly-tipping. You know? And what's your thoughts on potentially travelling to Potter's Bar to, to take oh. your fridge like you've got in the back of your car right now? I think it's ridiculous. Quite frankly, I mean, it's this area, Borenwood services, I mean, the whole area, you know, around here. The airwaves are yours, just yes. lastly. What's your message to the local council? Get some brains. Get, get some cop on, you know what I mean? What, what do the public need? That's what, they, that's what my thoughts are, you know? What the hell do they think they're playing at? Get some cop on. I don't mm. know that phrase. I don't know that phrase no. myself, but he's <clears throat> angry, clearly. Now, listen, I do love a dump. Mm. I tell you why, because I have found some great booty 
in a dump before now. Really? I, um, uh, when I split up with uh, Kerry years ago, my first girlfriend, it was heartbreaking, I went to the dump to throw away everything that connected me with her, <laughs> and I found, I found a brilliant Barry Manilow record. Oh, really? To- got me through that breakup, Just. <laughs> got me through that breakup. Class. It was a, and my dad used to, my dad used to go to the tip all the time and come back with stuff. He came back with a beautiful accordion once. Oh, it was beautiful. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was in a case, it worked, I had it until a few years ago, I got rid of it, I don't know why I got rid of it. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. These places have got character, uh, and as they well, what Joe in particular was saying there that, that if this was to go from September, well, uh, Potter's Bar is quite some distance from Elstree and Borenwood. People will probably just fly tip. Yeah. Why are they going to make the effort to, to go to the dump? They're just going to chuck it in a local park somewhere. Justin, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. I'm going to annoy Catherine now. I'm going to really annoy her. What's the best thing you found in a dump? Yeah. A gnome. Yeah. Really? Yeah, still got it in my mum's. We're going to do it as a phone in, and that's going to hurt you. It's fine. Are you sure? It's fine, go and do it. <laughs> do the dump phone in. Let's do it. My friend once found um, a, a door in a skip. It was a front door. Did she open it? What was behind it? They put it as their back door. That's insane! Oh. All right, this is brilliant. What have you found at a dump? 81333, start your text 3CR. What have you used? When have you used something for the opposite purpose for which it was built? Front door, back door? Say that again, but better. You're really nearly onto something. I know. You're really there. I could, I'm touching really it with it. the tips of my fingers. That Barry Manilow thing, you use it to get over a relationship. Really, use the soundtrack to romance. When, yeah. When have you used... No, I'm going to stick with the original because I can't improve it. When have you used something for the opposite purpose in, in, for which it was built for? Front door, back door. Call me now. Oh, wait, 459. 455. 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. London bound, getting reports in of one lane being blocked at the moment, just around junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead actually took a broken down lorry and thanks to Ray for calling that one in. In Brickettwood rather heavy moving at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25 and looking rather slow at the moment on the A1 heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner and the M25 in both directions between junction 25 for Enfield and junction 27 the M11 building up in patches as those major roadworks continue. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. Some Muslim women in Luton say they're prepared to join fighters in Syria. It follows a police campaign urging Muslim women to inform on family members planning to fight in the war-torn country. People in Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling centre. The nearest alternative involves a 14-mile trip to Potter's Bar. The Israeli army is warning residents in Gaza to leave their homes as it targets leaders of the Palestinian group Hamas. A Hamas official has hinted that the group may now consider the Egyptian peace plan. The weather, sunny and very warm again. On to sport, and we start with last night's football. MK Dons lost 1-0 to Irish Premier League side Drogheda last night in their second tour match. Young midfielder Delhi Ali missed a penalty. Stevenage lost 1-0 in their friendly at Barnet. A young Luton eleven lost 2-1 at Kempston Rovers, with Ekane Amadi scoring for the Hatters. In other friendlies, St Albans beat Dagenham 2-6-2, and Hemel Hempstead lost 2-1 at Solihull. 
Chelsea are the visitors to Adams Park this evening as Wickham Wanderers play Jose Mourinho's side for midfielder Matt Bloomfield's testimonial. Chelsea will field a host of first-team players and Bloomfield says he's delighted to have secured the fixture. Jose Mourinho will be manager and Petr Cech, John Terry and uh, Branislav Ivanovic, the three names we've been given that will be playing. So, you know, that's fantastic, you know, bring their wealth of experience and, uh, you know, big game experience. Also, there'll be some exciting players coming through the development squad as well. Liverpool have signed the Serbia international Lazar Markovic from Benfica on a long-term deal for an undisclosed fee. The 20-year-old helped the Portuguese side reach the Europa League final last season. In cricket, England bowler James Anderson faces a potential four-test ban after he was charged by the ICC with misconduct. Anderson has been charged with allegedly abusing and pushing India all-rounder Ravindra Jadadra after they left the field for lunch on day two of the first test at Trent Bridge. If found guilty, Anderson could be banned for up to four tests. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What's your beef, Keith? Huh? What's your beef, Keith? What's up, bro? Play track six on CD. I'm going to play track six. Track no, six I, is... I didn't mean now. I just is a reminder. It's that, there. It's queued up. That, don't Two minutes, forget. 47 sec- seconds, point three six seconds. But what? It's queued up. Thank you. Oh. I didn't mean now, by the way. I just it's queued up. You know. Whenever. What's wrong with your voice today? I don't know. Have your adenoids grown back? Yep. Okay, that's, that's great to know. Uh, morning, Catherine. It's so nice to see you in the studio. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's the formalities out of the way. Hey, there's a mutant worm you can have. What? Yeah, we were listening to um, a health hour yesterday about a woman who was worried that she'd eaten a maggot. Oh, she, the woman <laughs> phoned up a doctor on the radio. I've uh, Old woman, doctor, I, I ate a peach and um, there was a maggot in it. I think I've eaten a maggot. Is it still alive in me? How long has it been since you ate it? Two days. It's probably um, come gone. out. Yes, it's gone. But um, then we thought it was kind of hilarious, didn't we? I didn't think it was hilarious that an old woman was upset, Catherine. No, I thought I actually found that distressing. Shame on you. <laughs> well, I just started thinking about spiders and birds and cats. That wriggled and tickled and iggled inside her. Catch the cat. What caught the dog? Why did they bring a goat into that scenario? I think they ended with a giraffe. Should have gone straight in with a lion. No should, messing. Should have gone specsavers. Uh, yes. Anyway, this mutant worm is going to be used oh. to. Um, they're, they're insensitive to alcohol. These mutant worms. That's a story. So that they can put them into people who are alcohol dependent and the worm will sort it out, apparently. I don't know. There's a more scientific reason for that, but I can't be bothered to go into it. The Sun, page 25. Go. It's all over. This is should have been a British hero is a British cheese. Elsa Hammond, 29. A Brit's dream to row two and a half thousand miles across the Pacific on her own has been scuppered. She, she, so it's two and a half thousand miles. She's been doing it for, f- for five weeks. She's yes. rowing. How far do you think she got? 60 miles. Ooh. Five weeks. Ooh. Elsa Hammond, 29, hoped to reach Hawaii from California in 99 days, but at her current rate, it will take three years. Oh, that's such a shame. The English is she going li- in a straight line or has she only got one oar? Uh, she's going in the wrong direction. She's only got one oar. The English literature student's 22-foot boat has been blown off course by bad weather and strong currents during the Great Pacific Race. She'd covered, uh, she'd covered a total of 560 miles, but is just 60 miles closer to Hawaii oh. than when she started. 
Someone wants to give her a toe. Uh, a row toe. And then there's a there's a, the same story, the same page. Uh, a team of frogmen is hunting for an £8,000 artificial leg after it came off and sank when its owner, owner dived off a pier. So this poor lad, this poor fella, Roy Wright, 45, leaps into cool down but felt the socket loosen as he surfaced. So he's, he's got no leg. That's bad. Right, but what's bad is they've made, they made him sit on the edge of the pier with his arms crossed. He looks well cheesed off. Let's see. Look at him. I just want my leg back. Where's a dive scene, no leg. I just want my leg back. Where's oh. my leg? I just want my leg back. It's expensive leg, though. Yeah, it's an expensive eight-grand leg, isn't it? There's a picture. I lost a flipper bottom. once diving. That was quite disturbing. Yeah. I can't imagine losing a whole leg. I don't like, um, I don't like swimming in the sea. Uh, I don't generally, and I didn't like swimming behind a load of massive Russians who were hogging the uh, ladder to get up, and it was quite choppy, and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And I only had one flipper. But I didn't, so everything's... All else, all's well that ends well. Bookies put pregnant paws on royal bets. Oh. They think that Kate might be pregnant. What the? She, she might be. She's a woman. She's of age. How how on earth could they possibly know unless they had somebody spying on the royal couple bonking? <laughs> bonking. Royal couple bonk fury. Yeah, those those are the headlines we used to get. <laughs> but I'm, the I'm furious they, they might be bonking. The picture they've used to illustrate this, a slim-looking duchess at Wimbledon this year. She's always looking slim. She's slim. I'm surprised they didn't show the picture of her showing her bum off uh, getting on an aeroplane. <laughs> Would that demonstrate whether she was pregnant or not? Kyle, Jeremy Kyle, has been pepper-sprayed in the face. What? That's a shame. What did he do? He went to Magaluf to do it down. A club bouncer in Magaluf said last night he pepper-sprayed Jeremy Kyle for making the resort look bad. I don't think Kyle's done that. Was he doing the vodka challenge? The door... (laughs) 24 blokes in two minutes. The doorman told how he attacked the TV host when he saw him patrolling the rowdy Majorcan resort's main drag with a film crew. And you know he was patrolling. He was walking down... Leon, the 40-year-old Romanian bouncer, said he was walking down the street with a camera, making it look shockingly bad. Oh. He wasn't showing the good side of Magaluf, so I sprayed him in the face with pepper spray. Now... That'll teach him. I don't think you should attack... Anybody, okay, with pepper spray. But Jeremy Kyle is one of the, the the reasons that Britain is in such a terrible, terrible state. It's the reason why we all think it's okay to be mean to each other. It's, Jeremy Kyle is one of the most obnoxious TV creations in the... And I used to love him. I used to think he was a genius. The joke's not funny anymore, is it? It's not funny. I think it's horrible, horrible. Steve is in Dustin. Morning, Steve. Morning. What do you reckon? Jeremy Kyle, for or again? Against. Yeah. Yeah? Tell, yeah? tell me why, Steve. He just gets everybody paranoid, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he just... slating, slating everybody's family in public is not the best way to deal with things, is it? Do they get paid for that? Because why would you do it? They, um, i tell you why they do it. I think they get a stipend. I think they get something like 150 quid or something. I may be wrong on that. But it's sold to them that they'll get a night in a hotel yeah, all expenses paid. Having... Yeah, but they. But to these people, you know, from some, you know, god-awful run-down estate in, in Barnsley or something, that's like, a, that's like, whoa, we're going to get a night in a hotel? What, you're going to pay for the food and drink? Awesome! That's what that is. Anyway, Steve, what, you, you, you've called in to chew the fat. What do you want to chew? <laughs> what fat do you want to chew this morning? Are these so-called Muslim women who want to go and fight in Syria? Well, they're not so-called Muslim women. They're Muslim women. All right, they're Muslim women. Well, I'll try to be nice for once, but as you said it like that, I won't bother. <laughs> but anyway, what do we let them back in? If they want to go and fight, leave them over there and send the families over there and don't bring, let them come in. Steve, they want to go and fight. They're not going to go and fight. They don't well, want to fight, actually. They want to do bandaging and cleaning and things. Well, whatever they want to do, well, don't don't send them back here. I don't understand, right? I don't want them here. 
I don't... Well, hang on a minute. They're already here and they're not going. They just said they might like to, if they could. But also, hang on a minute, Steve. Our Prime Minister, about six months ago, was trying to push through Parliament that we go and drop bombs on President Assad in Syria. Yeah. So that we would go and fight the the person that some of these girls, who are a little bit more clued up than some of the others, want to go and be part of the battle against. So what... I'm still slightly confused as to what they're doing that's wrong. Well, if they want to go and fight, that's up to them, but we don't really want them... Whether they're bandaging or whether they're out, obviously there are certain... Even the men are going out there, but why why are we creating, like, a terrorist state in England? We've got more terrorists in England. We've got... Around the world, they're allowed to fly in, fly yeah, out. That's, that's, that's uh, not... I don't know where you got your statistics from, but let's not dwell well, on that. But, but why, don't you want them, why don't you want them back? If they're going well, to no, fight for what they, they believe in, why don't you want them back? Yeah, but then they might start to... They might get brainwashed even more over then, and they might want to attack Britain, won't they? they We've got not. the enemy within. They might not. We don't need to worry about household. We've got problems inside our own country that need to be dealt with first. But they, but they might not. Well, they might not, but, you know, the, the general gist of it... The people... If you, know anything, if you know anything about the politics of this country yeah. and different groups of people not yeah. liking other groups of people, it's a general known fact. Do you know anything about history? A, a little bit, not okay. a lot. Well, you know when uh, <laughs> loads of people in the 1930s went and fought in the... Was it the Spanish Civil War? That's right, yeah, we had the British people went over Loads yeah. of British people went and fought, both sides. Uh, uh, how many yeah. came back and committed terrorist acts in Britain? I, I don't know, yeah, but they love Britain. There's people in this country that don't like Britain, no, that no, don't no, like this way of life, but and they're sitting here on my land, and people don't like it. But get off my land! Get off my land, Muslim! Your class is a racist. Well, what's wrong with being proud of your country? No. I'm fed up with this country. Well, no, you're fed up with the country. Yeah, but the people so in it and the governments, the government's a So scum. you're not proud of the country? No, I'm proud of being English and British, but I'm not proud of what but, government, but, but all governments have done who's to poison it? this country. But that, but let's let's put that myth to one side. That <laughs> it's not a myth, no, mate. No, you I don't know what, Steve, you don't know what, Steve, Steve, you don't know what I'm going to say. No, well, I've got a good guess being a left-winger loony. <laughs> no, no, the, the, uh, you, you don't, OK, what do you think I'm going to say? Oh, you're going to defend them, probably, like you always no, say. No, Steve, what I'm going to say is let's put the myth to one side that everybody who says they love this country is branded a racist. I've not branded you a racist. Well, of course they do. No, no one, no. No, one, no one is branded a racist ever for saying they love Britain. No one's branded a racist just for saying that or saying they love England. Well, I think you'll find that some people just slightly look down to the idea that, you know, you can't be proud of your country for some who? reason. Who? Well, a lot of the communists and the liberals and all the others, we've got... Did you say the communists? If I don't like people in my country, I'm classed a racist. What's wrong with... If I love my kind, if I love no, my race, not, that is someone else. No, he's classing you as a racist. <laughs> it's, we've been down this road before. No, you might be a racist. I don't know. I've got my thoughts on that. But yeah, you're but, not. Yeah, but a, what's, you're wrong, not a, what's wrong with being proud of your race? Then? I'm what's not wrong saying, with the white race? What is wrong with being proud of the race? Now we're changing the argument slightly. I'm not saying you're a racist for being proud of your country. And I've no, never but said what's wrong with being proud of your race, then? Well, now, we're ch- now we're changing the argument slightly. Yeah, we are, we are, because I want to get to the nip at the nit and the gritty of this subject. Let's get to the nit and the gritty. OK, so, you're cha- got- okay, so we, we've established that because you're, if you're proud of your country, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a racist. No, right? that's why. But you, we get tarnished with it. All no, right, you I'm proud don't! Of my race. Oh, for crying out loud. No, no, you don't say, one, no one says, no one says you're a racist <laughs> if you love England. <laughs> Yeah, but people call you racist if you don't like other people in your country that that are, that are not the same standard as us and that we don't like and they don't gel with us. Because they, they I'm going to stop you there. Parallel culture. I'm going to stop you there. Go on. Because you said something racist. 
It's not racist. Well, you, you've said something racist. You've said people don't like you if you don't like people in your country who aren't the same standard as you. Yeah, what's wrong with that? That's so not are you saying that Muslims... Are no, people... I not said Muslims, did I? I just said people are they... that ain't. Well, who are not the same standard as you? Well, I don't know everyone in the country to know, but they're just... There well, are issues that we've got. I make up, Steve, that you're making a generalisation about certain groups of people. Would that be correct? I probably am. Okay. I don't know them what groups of people are you making a generalisation about by saying they're not the same standard as you? Well, the major- majority of certain foreigners come to this country. For, have got for example, standards. for example, which foreigners? Well, Romanians, Lithuanians, everyone. They don't want to mix with us. They don't want to integrate. We're living side by side, parallel lives with other people. They don't even like us here. And they're not and the same standard. So Romanians, Lithuanians are not the same standard as majority us. majority of foreigners, not every foreigner, there's foreigners here before I was born that have come here. And we've fed up. We've set up with it. Those ones are all right. But just to clarify, it's Steve... It's not all right. It's not a matter of all right. But there's certain people that have got speak proper English, understand their culture, okay. they go to work, they pay the taxes, but there's other people in this country... Who are not of the same, here, not of the the same system, standard as us. ...abuse their hospitality, and we give of, them a house, we give them a car, the same we standard give them as us. No, they're not the same standards. Steve, thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, we are getting those reports in of one lane being blocked just around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead, um, but there's a broken down lorry there. Take a look at the M25, heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford, also rather slow between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 the M4. The A1's looking heavy, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some Muslim women in Luton have told the BBC they want to join fighters in Syria. The Israeli army is warning people to leave Gaza as it targets leaders of the Palestinian group Hamas. And the loss of a recycling centre is angering people in Hertfordshire. 08459 555 Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. And let's get the weather with stand-in weather girl, Kelly Betts. Hey, good morning. What's Kelly short for? Kellington. I, w- I was asking Catherine, what's Kelly short for? Kalisha. Hmm? Kalisha. Kalisha, OK. Got little legs. So it's... Uh, uh, I want to read the weather now. OK, here we go. I haven't pre-read it in advance, oh, so... Uh, let's see how this works out. Early morning mist and fog patches, but they'll soon clear to leave a fine and dry day with some good spells of sunshine. There'll be light winds and it will feel very warm, especially to the east of Stevenage, I would say, if I'm going to say some places. Cloud will increase later in the day. Maximum, maximum temperature... Oh, it misses it. It doesn't... Oh, hang on. Maximum temperature 20. Let's just bail out. Come on, this isn't working. This isn't working for you. Clouding over. No, it's... It, no. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Absolutely picturesque, beautiful bridge to drive over. It's always been a lovely village, local, you know, and uh, quiet. And all this week, we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. So much going on here, so much. Living rural, you have rural uh, atmosphere. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a gorgeous village, very picturesque. I think even when it's raining, it, it looks nice because it's villagey and pretty. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It is home to us and it's just a lovely village. Once you've moved here, you'll never leave. I'll be here for a long time, I hope. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. 
in Luton. April, good morning, April. Good morning. What have you got for us, April? Uh, that, that male caller you just had on. Oh, sorry, Steve. I had to call. Well, it's the second Steve this week that's really got me annoyed. We, 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 yes, we do get very angry Steves on this show. We had the Steve who didn't like firemen, um, and then we had Steve in, in uh, uh, Dunstable there. What, what annoyed you, April? Uh, well... It was just his comment that apparently people who come to this country aren't the same standards as us. Some of the most respectable, nice people I know are Polish and Slovakian. I have people at work that I work with who are very lovely people and they are Hindu and Muslim. And some of the most horrible people I know are white Christians. And I just, oh, that just incensed me. He, what, what about Romanians and Lithuanians? Those were the, the, the two that you he specifically what? focused on. They're fine. All the ones I've ever had to meet, they've always been fine. They, they have some old-fashioned values, which I absolutely love, like cook meals, you know, go outside. Cook meals and go outside, life. yes. So I don't see... April, what, Boy, on, earth, what on earth are you doing? Uh, parking. Oh, for goodness sakes. April, listen, you've made your point. Thank you very much. Park safely. And this nonsense that if you say that you're proud to be English or British or racist, no, who's, who's ever said you're racist for, for being proud of being English? Still, it's when you start using it as a weapon to do other people yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Um, should we speak to Justin a bit? But I uh, wanted to talk about what's we, we, happening we, with the mail. We've got to do the really mail. We've got to do the mail. Dealey. Mm. Good morning. Morning, boss. You're right. Frosty out on the streets this morning. Now, when you say frosty, you don't mean weather-wise. No, I don't, no. Oh. Normally, it's people winding down their windows and abusing me. Yep. Dealey, you're this, you're that. Yep, yep, uh, yep. This morning, the window came down. You work for the BBC. You are going to hell. Apparently, we're going to hell. Bit frosty. That's all I'm saying. Um, mm. What? Um, just trying to... Then they drove off. Wh- why would they say that? I don't know. I've got no idea. Apparently, because we work for the BBC, we are going wow. to hell. Oh, God. Lovely. Yeah, That's... good morning to you. Oh, wait, 459 four double five five double five. Why would BBC employees be going to hell? I didn't oh. read that commandment. No, no, that was, the, that was the 11th one. They didn't have time to fit it on the stones. <laughs> what are we doing with you today, Dills? Uh, well, well, whatever you want, boss. I mean, obviously more to come later on, on uh, the dump in Elstree and Boreham. Yep. People furious yep. there. Uh, more on that, but uh, whatever you want, sir. Hmm. Hang on. Let me have a look through the papers. I'll find you something. Hang on. Um, smoking ban on in cars. Oh, I like that one. Oh, there we go. We'll have that. Hang on. Smoking with kids in the car faces a ban. Yes. A smoking ban in cars car- uh, carrying children came a step closer. I don't get this because sometimes the police can pull you over if you're eating a sandwich behind the wheel. 
Well, what's the difference if you're smoking a cigarette? Is there a difference? Well, um, uh, yeah, sandwich isn't going to set your trousers on fire if you drop it. <laughs> I mean, when I used to smoke, and I dropped uh, fags in the. If you the, drop that cherry, you're oh, in trouble. Man alive, you'll be rooting around. But it's still dangerous. Whether you're smoking a cigarette or having a, a sandwich, you're taking your eye off the road, no, aren't you? This, oh, this for goodness a, sake, you could have you a car. You could have a cup of coffee, and a, obviously you can't. But I, you could drive successfully while having a cup of coffee or a sand. But Justin, this is less about the person actually enjoying the delicious cigarette, as the mm. people in the back who yep. haven't got a choice as to whether they're sn- sniffing it up. You know. My Absolutely. thoughts on this. If you're smoking with kids in the car, then shame on you. The thing is, though, Ian, you know, only recently we spoke about this. I, I spoke to so many mums out on the streets who were quite happy to, to be walking down the road with a buggy in one hand and a fag in the other. And they saw nothing wrong with that at all. And I think it'll be exactly the same for people who are smoking in their vehicle with their children in the back. And you're right, the children, they don't get a choice in the matter. Justin, we've got breaking news. We've got mm. breaking news. What line are we going to go to for this one? Uh, give, uh, oh, just, they just they just called in to say, Justin, that someone loves you and you're not going to hell. Thank you very much That's indeed. That's the official line. That's the official line. Justin, thank you very much indeed. I want, I've got to fit in uh, the, the Daily Mail today. The Daily Mail... If I was in any doubt that the Daily Mail doesn't like women... Daily Mail has... has and now, our, our, we were looking at this, and I think this is so out of... step out of touch, and indeed out of order what they've done, right? So big cabinet reshuffle... Uh, loads of blokes gone, loads of old blokes gone, loads of women have come in, OK? I would suggest... Well, I know exactly why he's done it. Cameron's been advised by his advisor that he needs to get more women in if he wants to be popular. Yeah, if he wants to get the female vote and come across as more sympathetic, they need some more female faces. So, front page of the Daily Mail. Thigh-flashing Esther and the Battle of the Downing Street Catwalk, pages four and wow. five. Wow. This is written by James Chapman, the political editor. Oh, he's not fashion? No, nope, no, That's nope, interesting, nope. isn't it? She sashayed into Downing Street, offering a glimpse of thigh-high slit skirt. And after Esther McVeigh's meeting with the Prime Minister, a veteran photographer shouted, Let's have a turn! And her blonde mane was thrown backwards as in a shampoo uh, shampoo advert. So these these politicians... There's nothing about what they actually do or what their um, background is or what make, make them qualify for the job. This <clears> is a rundown of what they look like to men. It's pictures of, of uh, Liz Truss, new Environment Secretary, Penny Morden, Minister for Planning and Coastal Communications, uh, Communities, Nikki Morgan, uh, Education Secretary, Priti Patel, Treasury Minister, Amber Rudd, Energy Department and a th- few others. But it's not just pictures. It's a description of what they've got on. Yeah. Let's go for let's go for Penny Mordant. The Minister for Planning and Coastal Communi- Communities was alone in braving the no-jacket look. After all, she was brave enough to appear on TV in a swimsuit on Splash. Two braves. This rather tight, bright purple dress, the £115 Viola by L.K. Bennett, makes the most of 41-year-old Mordant's figure. But who, who knows what's with the MP for Portsmouth North's wrinkly nude shoes and big bag? Nicky Morgan, 41, MP for Loughborough and now Education Secretary as well as Minister for Women and Equalities. Women and Equalities chose a wintry belted black dress, low nude pumps and a brown jacket with three-quarter length sleeves that looks like half of another suit. At least she looks as if she's going to the office. This is a 41-year-old politician and we're doing a rundown as if she's uh, on a catwalk. Amber Rudd, the new Energy Department Minister, looks both contemporary and work-appropriate in a straight-to-work navy suit, white top and bold necklace, although the trousers are a little too tight. There's a snipe on the end of each of these, isn't there? She chose a £695 tote that seemed to have the kitchen sink crammed into it. The red nails and I-mean-business glasses in her hand are a nice touch. (laughs) 
or, or she's short-sighted. I find this thing... Am I the... <clears throat> are Catherine and I the only people that think this is actually really bang out of order? Is it 1942? Treasury Minister Pretty Patel, 42, must be the first person in that post to wear giant polka dots. Her dress from High Street favourite Wallace costs £45. Though that navy jacket looks like Ken Clark was its last owner. And those sensible shoes could have been worn by Baroness Thatcher. That's a double-page spread. The 47-year-old Lady Stahl was Baroness of Waiting, a Baroness in Waiting to the Queen and now joins the Cabinet as Leader of the Lords and Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster. But she's got a little mother of the bride in this blue and white stiff but spark get-up, all by Precise Petite. The clothing line for women five foot three and under is stocked in Debenhams. Is there a picture of James, <laughs> this political reporter? <laughs> a of what James oh, what, is wearing. What a shame. Maybe I'll ring up and ask him for a rundown. Oh, dear. I just find this... Liz Truss, the new Environment Secretary, is very patriotic in red, white and blue and ensemble, consisting of a snakeskin navy dress and red jacket, oddly finished with black patent shoes. She uh, d- she looks bright and sensible, but a little too 80s air hostess. I think this Can is... Can you imagine, right, next time they stand up in the Commons, I have a question for the Honourable Member. Yes, what is it? Who are you wearing? <laughs> We're late for the travel, and I do apologise. I'm disgusted by that, that that's actually a thing in, in, a, in a big newspaper that is read by a huge portion of the country. They say, 08459 455 555. Are they just having a little bit of fun, or is that one of the most disgusting stories you've heard in a long time. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy between 22 at St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. Just getting in the M1 London bound, the broken down lorry's now been removed. That was just around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Taking a look at the trains, everything's running well this morning, no problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Honestly, I think that's the worst bit of journalism I've seen in years. There's a huge number of women in the Cabinet, and we're talking about what they're wearing and their accessories. Oh, dear. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. At seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Muslim women in Luton tell the BBC they'd go to Syria. Anger from Hertfordshire residents about to lose their recycling centre and researchers say telling someone they're pre-diabetic is not helpful. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some women in Luton say they're prepared to join Muslim brothers and sisters in the fighting in Syria. It follows a campaign by police forces nationwide urging Muslim women to inform on family members planning to fight in the war-torn country. More than 140 British imams have pleaded with Muslims not to go and the government advises against all travel. But these women in Luton's Berry Park don't accept that message. If I had the opportunity, I would definitely go to Syria to help out the Muslim brothers in need and sisters. Like the Prophet said, we're one body. If one part aches, the whole body aches. Yeah, so I would definitely fight for them. If they want to go out there and support their family, good for them. It's a good cause as well, isn't it? Palestinian officials say Israeli air raids on the Gaza Strip overnight have killed at least six people, bringing the number of deaths in the current fighting to more than 200. More than 100 rockets were fired from Gaza yesterday, causing the first Israeli death. Residents of Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling centre. 
Hertfordshire County Council is reviewing the use of 17 sites in the area and have proposed to close the one in Elstree. The nearest alternative is a 14-mile round trip to Potter's Bar. Lawrence Stack is from the Elstree and Boreham Wood Residents Association. It would be a disaster. With all the build and all the rubbish, people have got it. People have fill up other bins. They will put send stuff to landfill. And it's too far to go to Potter's Bar. Why should we have to suffer for everybody else when we can have a possible 50,000 people as a population in the town? MPs have voted through emergency legislation that allows the police and security services access to people's phone and internet records. Ministers want it to become law by tomorrow night. Two women and a man were injured in a road crash yesterday in Luton. Ambulance crews say all three were put on immobilising spinal boards as a precautionary measure and taken to hospital. The collision happened at midday yesterday on Crawley Green Road. Medical researchers say there is no benefit to the widespread practice of telling people with higher than normal blood sugar levels that they are pre-diabetic. More details from our health reporter Helen Briggs. If you have higher blood sugar levels than normal, but not high enough to be classed as type 2 diabetes, you may be told by a doctor you have pre-diabetes. A third of adults in England would fall into this category. However, only about 1 in 10 would go on to develop type 2 diabetes each year. Now researchers are arguing the label's unhelpful and has virtually zero clinical relevance. But Diabetes UK says identifying those at high risk gives them the chance to change their lifestyle. In football, MK Dons lost 1-0 to Irish Premier League side Drogheda last night. Stevenage lost 1-0 in their friendly at Barnet. And a young Luton 11 lost 2-1 at Kempston Rovers. The weather, a fine and dry day with some good spells of sunshine and a high of 26 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a good place to live as you get older. And all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. I think even when it's raining it it looks nice because it's villagey and pretty. It's all about where you live. It is home to us and it's just a lovely village. Once you've moved here, you'll never leave. I'll be here for a long time I hope. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I got a bit of a cob on this morning. I had a cob on all day yesterday, argued with lots of people, rightfully so, uh, I think, and that cob on has carried on through today, Catherine, so um, watch it. I look forward to uh, copying the end of that. <laughs> Get some brains. Get some cop on. That's what we need. Oh, I, pulled... I just... Um pulled a fader off. That doesn't happen very often these days. Right, lots coming up on the show this morning, including well, lots and lots of bits and pieces, including Luton women consider serving in Syria, Elstree residers fight for the right to tip, and page four and five of the mail, the Daily Mail. I do think it's one of the worst most inappropriate bits of journalism I've seen. Loads of new women have uh, been uh, promoted or moved into the cabinet during the cabinet reshuffle. And the male has decided to describe not their backgrounds, not the, the, the pluses and the minuses they might bring to their jobs, but to tell us what they're wearing and what stuff they got from accessorise. It's kind of one thing for a party to bring in a new image of politician. It's another thing for a national newspaper to focus just on that, don't you think? 
Well, that's what I think. But are we just being kind of out... Do you think this is a bit of harmless fun? Or do you agree with us? This is one of the worst bits of journalism in a long time. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, Dennis. Good morning. What you got for us, boss? I totally agree that I'm sorry. I shall have the Daily Mail this morning, but I shall turn those. I'll tear those pages out. Well, do I have... absolutely disgusting. What's wrong? What's wrong with these people? What's wrong with saying that a young lady is beautiful, brilliant to start with? Never mind what she's dressed in, for Christ's sake. Excuse my French. Well, is it, it, read it. Read it because uh, it, it's incredible. It, it, this isn't kind of like the small part. This is the whole article. It's because Esther McVeigh, because she's the hottest and has been on television, she gets the biggest spread and. Her body is broken down. Legs. No longer shrouded in black tights and cut off below the knee, Esther is clearly keen to show off her toned legs. But while that elegantly fitting dress is reminiscent of those French and Italian ministers of chic, the thigh slit is a touch too revealing for a serious cabinet operator. Well, I know some brilliant people. I mean, I've got brilliant granddaughters. I've got brilliant daughter-in-laws. All of them better damn drivers than I am to start with. What's wrong with them? They've been to uni. Oh, it just, it just annoys me intensely that they run them down. After all, they are the other half of the human race. I just don't... It's so old-fashioned, this story. It's When I opened it, I, I couldn't believe it. I showed it to Kath and we were laughing because it's so... It's just so old-fashioned. You'd kind of expected this in the 1980s. Hey, girls, well done, and boy, don't you look smart. But in 2014, I thought we were beyond all... We can... Hey, listen, we're going to get women bishops. Are we going to get a rundown on what they're wearing as well? Dennis, thank you very much indeed. There's, there's more. There's more. Esther McVeigh gets a breakdown on her makeup. Oh. McVeigh's trademark don't mess with me fuchsia lipstick looks striking with all that soft grey and her skin looks dewy. Her usually pale eyebrows appear to have been pencilled in. While a torp, torp? Mm. While a torp shadow has been used to make her eyes look bigger. What about the substance of her mind? Have they assessed that? Ah, now who's this Connor? Who's this Connor? There's, it, it says... They're naming a gentleman here. Okay, Connor says she may well have got a makeup artist to her home early to perfect her look. Her lips are shinier, possibly thanks to the addition of a gloss over her lipstick, and her eyeliner is more defined on the inside edge of the eye. Blusher brings out her cheekbones for a more sculpted look. Okay, alternatively, she's a grown woman and not a teenager. Maybe she knows how to put her makeup on. Who's this? I'm trying to work out who this Connor. They've obviously J- James Chapman, the political editor, has obviously got somebody in to help him. Someone has been paid to write this complete and utter guff, or as my son would say now, he can speak American. This garbage. It's just outrageous. Anyway, maybe you think we're we're kind of being a little bit too prissy about this, and we should just you know, go, hey, come on, guys, it's good to know what they're wearing and who they're wearing. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Before I make a decision about your opinion, there, yeah. can you just tell me who you're wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing Gap, isn't it? Gap and uh, Levis on the trousers. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, P- uh, Ian's in Peterborough. Morning, Ian. Morning. Ian, what would you like to say? Um, just by I want to add a comment, really. I like, not really want to elaborate much, but. It's journalism, isn't it? It's like they've got nothing better to say about the actual point on topic, is it? 
Well, the thing is, it, it, good journalism would then... I know nothing about Liz Truss, OK, who's the new Environment Secretary. I don't know anything about her. What would be great is if the journalists could uh, try and explain to me why she's been appointed in this job. Why Penny Morden is, is Minister for Planning and Coastal Communi- Communities. You know, what they've done to get in this position. Whether they'll bring... Uh, the paper thinks they'll bring good things or bad things to the job. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you, like... It's completely irrelevant to the topic, right? They've done nothing to tell anyone about their background. They just want to know exactly what they're wearing. Do you find it disappointing, Ian, that in 2014 we're still getting this kind of rubbish? It's quite... It's starting to bore me, actually. It's really boring. Yeah. And, like, people just aren't concentrating on what's the most important matter about us. Ian, listen, thank you very much. I tell you what's interesting... We've just had blokes phoning in at race about this. It's like um, straight people phoning in and saying, well, I, th- I think you can't say that, it's homophobic. Or white people phoning in saying, oh, you're being racist. But the, the people that aren't affected, that are affected, sorry, aren't phoning in. So, we need a woman to call in, I suppose. Are you outraged by this? 08459 And outrage, I think, is the right word. But is it just me being a lefty, liberal bloke? I know, you know, you're a lady, I've checked. Yeah, um, it's all part of the... It just shows that we've not come as far as we thought we had. That's, that, that's what it says to me, you know, old flipping girl power and the 1970s <laughs> and all that stuff. It really comes down to what lipstick you're wearing. That's what the uh, papers are interested okay. in. Ridiculous. Oh, I... And this whole thing about being subjected to the male gaze the whole time. So oh. you don't just not wear tights. She's showing off her legs. Oh, dear. 08459. She's doing it on purpose to entice. That's been the, the subcontext. 08459 Now, uh, on to other issues. A number of Muslim women in Luton have expressed the desire to join fighters in Syria. I wonder what they were wearing. As I know police... what they were wearing. Oh. As police continue to urge them to inform on male family members considering jihad in the region, a BBC reporter found several young women in Berry Park willing to travel there themselves. Well, Catherine has got the details on this. What are the women saying, Catherine? Now, at this point, I just should say, we were hoping to speak to Kadir Baxter yes. from the um, Luton Islamic Centre because one of the women was speaking outside that yep. particular part of Berry Park. Um, she was about to go in to pray. So it's something that I think that the leaders of that Islamic Centre need yeah. to he's, what, what Do we know why he's not turned up? Where he is? No, we've tried to call him. He's not answering his Phone, okay, hopefully well, he's, he's on route, I'm hopefully sure. Hopefully he's safe and he'll give us a shout in a bit. Okay. But we've been working with Radio 4 on this one, and specifically with their reporter, Seema Katecha. She's been talking to women in Berry Park, um, the part of the town which has a very diverse population with a particularly high concentration of Muslims. Now, while some of the women who spoke to Seema didn't want to go on record, they um, some of them did, and we can hear from one woman here who spoke openly to Seema, as I say, outside the Islamic centre where she was about to go in to pray. If I had the opportunity, I would definitely go to Syria to help out the Muslim brothers in and sisters. How old are you? 20. Like the Prophet said, we're one body. If one part aches, the whole body aches. Yeah, so I would definitely fight for them because what's happening to them is not right. You do understand that if you go, yeah. you could be criminalising yourself so that when you come back... I probably wouldn't come back. It's not even safe there. I probably wouldn't. You're OK with not coming back? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. OK, so the government advises against all travel to Syria and imams have pleaded with Muslims to not to go there. It doesn't sound like that's necessarily working. No, not in certain quarters, certainly. And the women that Seema spoke to told her that they don't listen to old imams. Now, given that they were talking about 20-year-olds uh, young, and fairly young women, old could be, you know, 40s, the majority of them were not talking about, and I have to underline this, they were not going out, uh, talking about going out there and bearing arms themselves. That would be considered anti-Muslim and not the sort of thing that a Muslim woman would do. They would be going out there and just 
support role, cleaning, cooking, acting as nurses for the combatants. Now, there are pictures online of Muslim women holding AK-47s and co- dressed in combat uh, gear, but apparently that's a rarity. The women we spoke to in Luton told us they would be going over there, or they would like to, they might not be able to, but they would be going over there to uh, provide what they called humanitarian aid, but uh, family pr- priorities here make that difficult. If they want to go out there and support their family, good for them. It's a good cause as well, isn't it? Do you mean? When I say that if you can help anybody in this, this time of their need, whether it's bandaging them, helping them, why not? Uh, there seems to be some confusion as well among many of the Luton women about the politics surrounding the fighting. And the young lady we heard earlier says if, if you know, she would go out and defend her Muslim brothers and sisters. Yeah. Assad's Muslim, isn't he? President Assad. I'm just looking online. He, he is an Alaw- he, His religion is Alawite Islam. See, this is the danger here is that we're talking to a lot of idealistic young people who think they're going out to fight for justice and they are fighting to defend their Muslim brothers and sisters, as you say. A lot of them didn't realise what the parties were that were, were yep. fighting out there and which one they would be aligning themselves to. And some of them were unaware that they would be fighting Muslim against Muslim. Um, so some of them didn't realise, as we say, that, that they, w- they would have to choose between supporting the government forces and the rebels. We've got a clip here. Every person wants to protect themselves. Who would you be fighting for out there? We don't know. That's I don't it's know. It's so interesting, nobody knows. So do you know what's happening in Syria politically? I know uh, the government and the problems that that's caused, but then you've got the rebels and... Um, I don't know. It's very. I haven't been following it too closely, but I'd, I'd have to properly do my research before that decision yeah. could be made. Yeah, you, you, you would. I would suggest anyone who's considering going to fight in any battle, please properly do your research. And of course, uh, the official advice is basically don't go to Syria. And in the meantime, Bedfordshire police are asking, and a number of police forces across the country are asking anyone with information about people planning or considering travelling to Syria to call 101 for help and advice. Catherine, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555555, BBC Three Counties Radio, quarter past seven. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M heading southbound's queuing at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving at the moment between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. Also on the M25 anti-clockwise, rather heavy between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 the M4. Take a look at the A1, that's also looking rather slow heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner. So far on the trains, there's no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 7.16, it's uh, Wednesday, the 16th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some women in Luton say they're prepared to join fighters in Syria. People in Hertfordshire are angry about uh, they're about to lose their recycling centre. And in last night's football friendlies, both MK Dons and Stevenage lost 1-0. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person to sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC's 
Three Counties Radio. Picture Phil has emailed in. Ian, I agree, the Daily Mail's out of order. I'm wearing green socks, blue... Green socks? Who wears green socks these days? Green socks, blue trousers, black shirt and a white vest. Should I ring the Daily Mail? Yes, picture Phil, they're obviously interested. What's he wearing, a vest? He's, he's in his 70s. All right, fair enough. Carry on, Phil. <laughs> As you were. Can we, what, does anybody, I, I wish... Oh, no, listen, you can come, When the red light's on, as long as there's a coffee in your hand, you can come in and bring that in. Thank you very much. Uh, does anybody under the age of 70 wear vests? I used to like it. I used to be a big fan of Bruce Lee, and Bruce yeah. Lee used to wear vests, so I was into vests. Does anybody wear a vest under their shirt? The thing is, you can see them through shirts. Yes. Yeah. So you have to wear it and know it. <clears throat> yeah, you've got to be proud. Do you wear a vest, girls? I wore one yesterday, didn't I? On the day before. But underneath your, your top? Oh, no. I do in the winter. It's cold out. Okay. But, so have you got one on now? No. How do you keep your chest warm? Uh, it's quite warm out. It's quite mild, isn't it, at the moment? Okay. Quite close. So ne- no one in there needs a hand warming no, their chest right. up? Why, what would you do? How would you do it? I'd buy you vests. What do you think I'd do, you perverts? No, I'm just wondering. So what are you wearing today, Kath? None of your business. <laughs> oh, come on. It is my business because it's in the newspapers. I, I know. Well, what according the... to the mail, I'm showing <clears> off <throat> my shapely legs. I'm just not wearing tights because it's hot. But showing off, giving you a flash of leg. Claire Perry, promoted from assistant whip to junior transport minister. Claire Perry, 50, hit the high road in similar wedge shoes to Esther McVeigh and a smart navy dress topped off by a statement necklace and a bold teal jacket that looked about two sizes too big for the MP. Wow. Saucer and milk, table three. Colin, am I, Colin am I, are we right to be outraged by this old-fashioned, lazy, in inverted commas, journalism? Or is it just a bit of fun and important stuff that we need to know? No, of course it's not. We, we, all we need to know is whether they can do their job properly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, um, what I was ragging to say was that you've heard of um, the gutter press. Yes. Well, I thought I'd rename it. Oh. The gusset press. I, oh, don't, I, I just need to... Catherine, have you got the book of uh, BBC words that we're allowed to say and allowed not to say? It's all right, gusset's only at 25. It's, oh, it's, only, it's only at 25. That's a category E. We can get away with that. We just can't say gusset too often. No, I won't say it anymore. What about the garter? You could have called it the garter press. No, no. because that's quite posh. OK, OK, yeah, fair play, fair play. You know, if you wear a garter, it's quite... It's a little bit too early for me to have this kind of conversation, Colin. My mind is... Oh, I'm sorry, mate. I forget you're a youngster. Only... Thank you. Thank you. Uh, only blokes have called in, though, to um, claim to be upset by this. We've had a text I'm surprised. From... Oh, we had a text? Yeah, they're too busy. Go on, read the, read the text. This is from Brigitte of Bedford. It's an appalling piece of journalism suggesting attire and makeup brands and shades are relevant to their ability to do the job. How about some professional background on these women? What skills and values do they have that will help steer the government in the right direction? Any MPs skilled and experienced to the eyeballs and perfect for the job, but slightly on the heavy, heavier side, possibly bordering type two? No chance, ladies. Quite agree with her. I just, I I mean, it is, uh... The bag, Esther McVeigh's bag. That tiny patterned high street clutch bag makes her look like she's heading for an exciting night out on a first date. Not a serious new promotion to number 10. Work... So... so This is brilliant. Hang on, sorry. This last line is, this is genius. You need the run-up to it. It makes it makes her look like she's heading for an exciting night out on a first date. Not a serious new promotion to number 10. Work first, please, Esther. (laughs) So it's the suggestion being that she's flighty and silly. Work first, please, Esther. Wow. 
Unbelievable. Colin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, hey, you spoke to Liz Truss last week, don't you remember? What did I speak to Liz Truss about? About the teacher's strike. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, yes, I did speak to Liz Truss. Maybe Trust. we should write a column. We didn't get on very well, did we, me and Liz? She, she, had, um, she had an agenda. She had an agenda. OK, well, it's good to... to um, at least I can picture what she was wearing. And boy, oh, boy, she looked very smart. She looked very smart. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are we getting our knickers, our very posh knickers, from... Um... Kelly just made a point. Oh, what? Hi, Boris. Up, Princess. Yeah. People what? love to know what other people are wearing. But you can look at what they're wearing. I can see what they're wearing. If people love to know what other people are wearing, why don't I know what David Cameron's wearing? And, and Lady Stowell and Anna Soup, they're not Kim Kardashian or Kelly Brooks. Just to say, um, me and Kath watch um, Good Morning, Mrs. Britain here every morning. Sorry? And every morning we comment on what Susanna Reid's wearing. Yeah, because... Like, oh, oh, yeah. Because we've got the sound down. What do you think of that dress? It's just... I don't know what it is. People With the like greatest of respect to... Uh, now, is this going to sound out of order? That's slightly partly her job... Is to look like that again. It, it well again. It, it doesn't quite work the same for blokes because if I go on on Sky or something, I wear a suit. Easy, pick one of three suits and a shirt. You look at a lot of the blokes on TV. They would not get the job if they were the female version of themselves. They tend to be dad figures. Blokes totally have it easier when it comes to appearing on television. In as much as you get much older blokes than you do women, and I've got four suits. I pick a suit. I pick a shirt, and that's it. Meanwhile, when the figures weren't very high for Good Morning, This Is Britain, Wake Up and Smile. What did he get put down to? The fact that she wasn't getting her legs out. She wasn't showing her legs. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, they say you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Well, if you live in Elstree and Borehamwood, you could have trouble getting rid of it at all. That really doesn't work on any level. So you'll know what you've got, but that's bad. That's awful. Some residents are furious about the possibility Elstree Tip may close as the council attempts to save money. The Elstree and Borehamwood uh, Residents Association feel they haven't been given enough time to oppose the plans. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to people down dump. Justin, Mm. they're not happy, are they? No, they're not happy at all, because uh, the nearest dump, if this goes in September, will be Potter's Bar, which is quite some distance. So I was at the dump early this week uh, hearing what people had to say. They are furious. Take a listen to this. Well, Joe, you're just uh, pulling into the tip right now. What's your thoughts on this place potentially closing later in the year? Well, I think it's a disgrace, quite frankly. I don't know what they think they're playing at. This place is an asset to the local borough, you know? We all come up here. We've been coming up here for years. Mm. They've built it up, you and me, and they've made it viable, keep it clean, you get rid of all your gear, and it stops people fly-tipping. And what's your thoughts on potentially travelling to Potter's Bar to to take your fridge like you've got in the back of your car right now? I think it's ridiculous, quite frankly. I mean, it's this area, Borenwood services, I mean, the whole area, you know, around here. The airwaves are yours, just lastly. What's your message to the local council? Get some brains. Get, get some cop on. You mean, what, what do the public need? That's what, they, that's what my thoughts are. You know, what the hell do they think they're playing at? It is stupid. I mean, you'd have to go all the way to Potter's Bar. People are just going to be fly-tipping. You know they are. Who could be bothered to drive that far? It's too far. Will you be bothered? We're moving to St Albans, and the, the tip is right near us. So <laughs> <It> <laughs> if you weren't moving... No. If you weren't moving... No, I wouldn't be Would you be tempted to fly-tip? No, I wouldn't, because I don't believe in it. But I know mm. people will. Ridiculous and catastrophic. They're talking about moving from here to Potter's Bar, which people won't do. William, you've been handed a leaflet. That's the first you know about this place potentially closing down. If it was to close down, how would that affect you? Very badly, because I'm always coming down and dump at least once 
once a week or once every fortnight. How much rubbish has that gentleman got, Justin? He's coming down once a week. And the thing is, you know, it, it, it sounds like we're making slight of this. We're not, because no. things like this are very, very important in as much as it's, it, if you know that there is someone you can, somewhere you can go and get rid of stuff quite quickly and it's local and it's nearby, you'll do it. There will mm. be unscrupulous people that will dump fridges and sofas and boxes of rubbish just down the country lane or something, Absolutely. I mean, it was quite interesting going there because you often hear about these stories. It's one man who's particularly angry and nobody else really cares. Well, uh, that dump when I went there on Monday, it was a very hot day, so I thought it could be a quiet one. No, I was there for an hour or so. Cars were coming in and out all of the time yeah. uh, with lots of rubbish. Perfect day and, to do it. Well, you know, to travel as well from, from Elstree and Boreham Wood to Potter's Bar, that could take you in traffic an hour to get there and back. Some people, of course, doing two journeys. So, so what people are saying is if this is to go to try and save money, it will in actual fact do the opposite because the council will have to pay to, to clear up all the, the fly tipping, which could happen because people can't be bothered to travel to Potter's Bar if this was to go, of course, from September. Justin, thank you for reporting from a hot dump. Lawrence Stack is a member of the Residents Association. Uh, good morning, Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence. Morning. There you are. Now, Lawrence, how did you find out about the plans to get rid of the recycling site? Well, I found out about it because I went to a county council meeting about the public transport, and it was on the first thing on the list about the waste. So I was there for a six-hour meeting as a member of the public, kept in the call, and not allowed to say a word all day, which was very hard. And that's how I first found out about what was happening. And And how how does that make you feel as a person? Well, I was was furious because the, the, the council... Be it borough, town, or, or county, they say, "Oh, we want to get the community involved. Come along to our consultations, have your say." But when you go along to any of these meetings, you don't open your mouth because you're told to be quiet. Otherwise, you've got to leave the meeting. You're not allowed to say anything or ask a question. And I'm furious. They got this consultation over the 17 sites, of which they said, "Oh, well, we're going to take Austria and Hodston out of the picture, so we'll have the consultation over the 15 sites." That's not a proper consultation. If you're going to do that, do it over the 17 sites. Then decide what you're going to cut. But tell the people. I mean, I went to, to various libraries, Wenning Garden City and Hatfield. There's no leaflets. They knew nothing about it. Our one in Borehamwood didn't know anything about it at all. They've got no leaflets. It's, it's me and the resident association that have been going out handing leaflets every day at the tip, every afternoon for about four hours. And... The local council were doing nothing. Now, they had the elections in May. Why did they say nothing to anybody about this and the bus cuts that are coming up later in the year? Lawrence, let me read you a statement. Well, we were told this morning that the councillor in charge of, of waste at Hearts County Council would be available this morning, uh, but instead he isn't. And we've got this statement from uh, Terry Duris. It's unusual because Terry normally comes on this show all the time. We, we, we turn up every morning, he's loitering outside. The statement says, Terry Duris, Cabinet Member for Highways and Waste Management, said, we want to create a more efficient and effective service which makes better use of your council tax. However, we recognise that any service change will have an impact on our residents. We therefore want your views on the changes before making any decision on service changes. Your thoughts on that statement, Lawrence? Well, at what point have they held any meetings up to now? And at what point are they going to hold any meetings in the future to, to let the public go along and have their say? They're not. So how are the, how are the public getting to say on anything? I think it's a done deal. They've decided what they're going to do. I mean... The contractors that have won the, co- the tender, how can they put in for a bid for a tender on the 17 sites and then suddenly afterwards say, oh, well, hang on, we'll, we'll have to change it because we can't do it? They should have thought about that when they put the tender in for the service. 
Lawrence, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Lawrence Stack, member of the Residents Association there, upset that uh, his uh, local dump is going to be removed. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Great North Road is starting to look quite slow, heading southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabouts. The A1M is queuing, heading southbound as well, between Junction 8 and Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M1 building up in patches between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks continue. On the sensors, the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving, between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. And also looking rather slow on the A1 between Sterling Corner and Apex Corner at the moment on camera. There's no reported problems or delays on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. At 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. Some Muslim women in Luton say they are prepared to join fighters in Syria. It follows a police campaign urging Muslim women to inform on family members planning to fight in the war-torn country. People in Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling site. Their nearest alternative involves a 14-mile round trip to Potter's Bar. The Israeli army is warning residents in Gaza to leave their homes as it targets leaders of the Palestinian group Hamas. A Hamas official has hinted that the group may now consider the Egyptian peace plan. The weather, sunny and very warm again. On to sport and we start with last night's football. MK Dons lost 1-0 to Irish Premier League side Drogheda in their second tour match. Young midfielder Delhi Ali missed a penalty. Stevenage lost 1-0 in their friendly at Barnet. A young Luton eleven lost 2-1 at Kempston Rovers, with Akeni Amadi scoring for the Hatters. In other friendlies, St Albans beat Dagenham 6-2 and Hemel Hempstead lost 2-1 at Solihull. Chelsea are the visitors to Adams Park this evening, as Wickham Wanderers play Jose Mourinho's side for midfielder Matt Bloomfield's testimonial. Chelsea will field a host of first-team players, and Bloomfield says he's delighted to have secured the fixture. Jose Marino will be manager and Petr Cech, John Terry and uh, Branislav Ivanovic, the three names we've been given that we'll be playing. So, you know, that's fantastic, you know, bring their wealth of experience and, uh, you know, big game experience. Also, there'll be some exciting players coming through the development squad as well. Liverpool have signed the Serbia international Lazar Markovic from Benfica for an undisclosed fee. In cricket, England bowler James Anderson faces a potential four-test ban after he was charged by the ICC with misconduct. He's been charged with allegedly abusing and pushing India's Ravindra Jadeja as they left the field on day two of the first test at Trent Bridge. The ECB says Anderson categorically denies the accusations. And in the Tour de France, yellow jersey holder Italy's Vincenzo Nibali takes an advantage of 2 minutes and 23 seconds into the 11th stage. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Pages four and five of the Daily Mail staff. I think are incredible. It's, it's a huge step backwards, isn't it? Isn't it? No one's called in to say that they they, they quite like this story. I think the mail has, has really misjudged the mood on this. It's uh, the, the the new ministers, the new female uh, ministers and members of cabinet, and instead of giving us their backgrounds and telling us what they do and where they're from and 
um, why they might be good or indeed bad for the job. They've given us a breakdown of their clothes and their makeup with some quite catty comments included in there. Uh, and I, I think this is outrageous. But is that just me thinking I'm outrageous because I'm a bloke? No, no women have... Co- We've had a couple of emails and texts from women, but no women have called in. Jill has emailed. Ian, I just looked at the Mail article and noticed it wasn't the only paper commenting on Esther McVeigh's appearance. I had a quick look around. The, the, the Express does as well, but they, they then give a little background about some of the other women. So... Slightly better. As a woman, I'm offended, Jill says. It's precisely that sort of media attention that perpetuates gender discrimination. I seem to remember that only recently the papers were berating Parliament for being an old boy's sexist institution. The press should be more worried about the replacement for Gove. She's an ex-public school lawyer who attended Oxford. How can she understand the needs of the low-pay sector families? But then what politician is? Although she failed to wear a thigh-revealing dress, so perhaps she wasn't a priority. That's what we should be looking at, shouldn't we, in these stories? I didn't know that. I didn't know that the replacement for Gove was an ex-public school lawyer who attended Oxford. That's important to know. That's more relevant than what she's wearing or not. That makes her an interesting person. You kind of want to see where Mm. she's going to take that. Is she appropriate for the job? Is she going to carry on with Gove's policies that many thought were controversial? Or is she going to change direction slightly? Is she going to slow down reform? Is she going to take pressure off of the exam system? That's the kind of stuff we want to know. Mm Not, you know, how, how, I'm surprised they haven't given them marks out of ten. I bet they were tempted. I bet the first draft had marks out of ten. And then someone went, well, maybe it's a step too far. She's only a three anyway. 08459 four double five five double five. Dave Luton, morning, Dave. Good morning, sweet plum. Sorry? And um, what, was it, what was the other one? Sugar plum and sweet bum. I'll give, I'll give you sugar plums in a minute. Yeah, right, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Are they nice? Right, number one... The fire engines were at Aquacore again yesterday. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I did see, but they haven't cut the grass in oh. the middle of the busway. Yeah. Oh, and did Mark Watts bring you up again yesterday regarding me? This is like <laughs> this is like being stood in a queue in a post office, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And you yeah, make, make the mistake of making conversation with the person in front of you. Should we dissect? Yeah. Should we dissect Dave? Yeah, yeah, you you dissect him. Go on. Okay, Dave. First of all, we've put a phone call into Bed's Fire, and they're going to look into the Atworth Court thing for us, and we'll find out what's going on there. Okay, thanks, Kev. No thanks problem. No problem. Yeah. The other stuff. The gra- Ian, you're on your own. <laughs> right. The, gra- the, the grass in the middle of the busway. Yeah. It's not six feet tall, as uh, you claimed. It is. It's not, mate. It is. On the well, outside it, as well. No, it, Dave, I drove past it the other day. It's in. Unless it's grown oh. dramatically in two days, it's in. Oh, okay. It's, it, it looks... Uh, listen, I'll, I'll admit, it looks rubbish. Mm. And they've obviously not factored in that they're going to have to cut that grass... Occasionally, oh, yeah. it looks awful. In fact, the whole busway. I mean, I, while it may be an excellent idea, it does look a little bit. Um, well, for ninety million pounds, I would expect it to be a bit more colourful. Well, yeah, so do I. But um, oh, by the way, do you know Simon um, Steve Wright? Sorry, Simon Steve, Steve Wright. Wright. Simon no, Steve Wright. No, no. Do you know? Do you know Steve Wright? I've met him once. Oh. I'm sure he mentioned your name on Radio 2 Monday afternoon. Go on, what did he say? Well, no, I just caught, caught his name when he said Ian, uh, Ian Lee. Now, I don't know if he knew or somebody else, and I thought, oh, blimey, he doesn't know you as well, does he? I know, listen, Dave, I'm a mover and indeed a shaker in show business. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dave, are you trying to start a fight, a DJ fight? Pardon? Are you trying to start a DJ fight? Yeah, but Ian's not a DJ, is he? Well... Thank you, he's Simon right. Simon is. He's right. Who are you again? Simon? 
Pardon? Simon? Yeah. Simon. Yeah. Simon who? Simon. Pyman? Oh, Simon Mayo. What's it? That's his name, yeah. It's Simon Mayo as well, but I don't know if you know him, but Steve Wright was talking about, I'm sure he mentioned well, your name. What did Simon Mayo say? Because I genuinely have beef with Mayo. No, he didn't mention your name. But he, he, then why he, did you mention his name? That's unfair. Because because he's on Radio 2 as well. Brilliant, Mayo. brilliant DJs they are. Who? You know what I mean? Simon Mayo and Steve Roy. I, I, Simon Mayo interviewed me once. He was very, very rude to me. Oh, was he? Yeah, but yeah. Like he's a Christian to, as well. Well, like you are to me? Uh, uh, no, he was He was not quite that rude. Well, I'm glad you admitted that you're rude to me. Oh, very rude to you, Dave. I think you're an idiot. Um, thank you so much, Dave, pal. what are you doing listening to Radio 2 for? No, Radio well, 2. It, it, it's or in four. the afternoon. Well, Radio, Radio 2 or 4? Let's, let's not open that can of worms. I just yeah, feel that... I, I'm yeah, not because, sure that you're their standard of listener. Yeah, but, but I don't like the cooking programmes. Like they have in the afternoon on Free Counties Radio. OK, okay. there we go. That, that can, can of worms, worms is open. open. You tried to put your, the lid down, Catherine. That can of worms sprung open. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, Dave, is that all you, you've called us for? Well, yeah, yeah. All right, bye then. Oh, I miss Dave. Oh, Dave, come back. Dave, you uh, back? I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. He's gone Welcome. now. He's gone. Uh, anytime, Dave. Dave. No, not anytime. Yeah, hey, by the way, anytime. speaking of not anytime, uh, Pond Life is coming to an end this week. You reckon? No, I know it is. I'm off to... I'm going to be at Watford Pond this morning, guys. It's kind of like the, a... You're going to pull the plug out? <laughs> they have plugs, don't they? You know canals have plugs in? <laughs> Yeah. This is no, 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 no! Don't My give me that. Pete is a canalman, so yeah, I do. They have a plug in. If a canal has dredges. like a giant plug, and you can pull it out, and the water drains away. That's nuts, isn't it? Is it? Is it a, called a plug or is it called a lock? I don't know. No, like in the bottom of it, there's like a big giant plug, like you get in a. I don't know if it looks like the ones you get in your bath. It's the water going down. Um, but. I forgot my train of thought. Anyway, yeah, so it's going to be like a Radio 1 roadshow today, and I'm um, Mike Reed. Can I say Mike Reed? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not on the list. Right. I'm going to be at Watford Pond at 10.30 this morning with Matt Lockwood, uh, and we're going to knock this nonsense on the head once and for all. Try and keep Matt off the heron, because we've had reports. Off the what? The heron. Oh, the heron, yeah. The other, I, 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 it's not my responsibility. Uh, if you want to come down and hang out with us and, you know... Buy us, give us money, you yeah, can do that. Richard uh, is on the line. Morning, Richard. Yeah, welcome home, man. I was listening to old Simon the other day, and um, I thought he was being a bit, um, well, de- de- not very complimentary, um, particularly when he used the word plonker, I'm afraid. What, what are you talking about, Richard? Simon Mayo? About you, yeah, about you. Yeah, but hang on a minute. Dave Luton, if you're going to get this, get it right. Dave Luton said that it was um, Wrighty, Steve Wright, that was being uh, said something about me. Well, I don't know about Steve Wright, but he was at the side. Have you been uh, drinking? Good Lord, no. Well, only water. I've only been up half an hour, an hour, an hour. Time to get up two hours. Um, water, water, my dear boy, water. Um, so you're very no, slurry today. Sorry? Yes, you're very slurry today. Well, I hope I'm not. If I am, I'm probably going to better throw a thrombie. Yeah, we could. I think he's going to throw a thrombie. <laughs> um, but the other thing, the other thing was that the, um, 
The, uh, yeah. oh God, the, the, the Daily Mail, I haven't read it yet, but I shall go by it. But the reason they concentrate on ladies' legs is because us men love ladies, and we do like a bit of leg. Can you imagine Neil Kinnock walking out of um, uh, 10 Downing Street and someone said, oh, he showed a nice bit of egg with that kid. He, uh, that, but um, women, you know, but, but Richard, ginger, women well, like, and I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to just take a punt here. Kath. Punt away, my dear. I'm going to... Catherine, women like men's bums, yeah? Well, it depends on the bum. Exactly, you see, Richard. So why don't we get... David David Cameron was wearing... David David Cameron was... Shut up. Just a minute. No, you shut up. You can't compare apples with pears. A bit of thigh and a bit of leg. But you don't get... You don't get to... Hang on. Coming out, dropping their trousers and saying, Oh, have a look at my bossy bots. But you don't get the Daily Mail really? saying David Cameron was wearing a, a, a figure hat, a figure uh, hugging um, uh, aqua scutum suit that really showed off his firm buttocks. You don't get that, do you? We didn't say that about the women. Women like to wear. They've talked to about their thighs and whether their jackets are too big or too small and whether they look appropriate. Don't Hang you on. shout at me. Hang on a second, Richard. Say hello to Jane. Hello, hello Jane. Richard. Hello, Jane. How are you? Rock and roll, rock and roll. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm disgusted. I love women, by the way. Pardon? I love women, by the way. Always <laughs> have done. They brighten up one's life. A nice bit of thigh, a, a cute cut ankle. Goodness gracious me, a rustle of a skirt. On me, so where could I we're, go? We're not all, we're not all uh, swivel sticks, I'm afraid, fruit pie. What's a swivel stick? Somebody who's skinny. I don't like skinny women. I like women that have got a bit of um, bit of body to them, shall we say. Oh, well, I'm Can one of those. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Where do you live? Aylesbury. Aylesbury? Aylesbury. You have to, you have to yeah. take me out for a drink. Nothing <laughs> wrong. I don't like skinny women. Never have done. No. I don't do anything. How tall are you? Five, five. Lovely. What colour is your hair? Salt and pepper. What's salt and pepper? Oh, big grey. Yeah. I mean, a bit um, distinguished, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Lovely. Delicious. Um, <laughs> you know the oh, play Richard. by Pichu? I know. Richard. Well, yes, yes. I, I'm disgusted with the way Ian treats you. Well, I miss that. I'm disgusted with the way Ian treats you. You know, he's outrageous, isn't he? He is dangerous. He's, he's rude, obnoxious, and he shouts over everybody. I know he does. He's yeah. Got, he's got the manners of a... Uh, a plonker, as he's described recently, yeah. Simon. Ab- I mean, absolutely. I think it's his age, you know. Could be, age. could be, yeah. He's, yeah, ca- he's yeah. catching up with us, I think. Uh, what are we going to do about it? I don't, I don't know. Give he's him a good on the wrist and a kick up the bum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll kick him in his ankle. <laughs> yeah, so hit it where it hurts. He, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, he, can be, he, he can be outraged. One has to shout back at him. I know. Put him He's in so place. rude. Yeah. 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 I'm on, I'm, Richard, I'm on your side for a time. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Take I think it's disgusting.
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. So we're rather slow moving on the Great North Road heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabouts. Take a look at the M1 at Luton Spur on the sensors. It is building up in patches between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airports. In Brickwood, very slow moving on the North Orbital Road just off the M25. And the M25 itself looking rather heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. Also rather slow between 17 at Maple Cross and 15 the M4. There's no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 7.46, it's uh, Wednesday, the 16th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some Muslim women in Luton have told the BBC they want to join fighters in Syria. Israeli air raids overnight have killed ten people, including a five-month-old baby. And the loss of a recycling centre is angering people in Hertfordshire. 08459 555555. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, a fine day today. We've got uh, long sunny periods. It's going to be largely dry, very warm indeed. There is a high pollen count though as well. Probably a bit more in the way of cloud this afternoon, but still plenty of sunshine and temperatures up to 25 degrees Celsius. Now tonight there is some rain coming in from the west, but by the time it gets to us it's fairly fragmented, so not everyone will even see that. And uh, another warm night with lows of 16 or 17 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow, largely dry and sunny again. Some fair weather cloud around. Um, Those temperatures is gradually creeping up as is the humidity through the week though so we're looking at highs of 26 degrees celsius so thursday and friday nights particularly sticky nights friday is when the temperatures peak um, a largely dry day but we may start to see showers by the evening and then saturday there is an early yellow warning in place because we're expecting some rather heavy thundery showers and they may continue for much of the weekend so uh, so really quite a, a decent week ahead but the weekend not looking a little bit more unsettled that's the latest for Thank you. Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to see Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's be Avenue. Ah, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Yet to have a woman call in, who is. Um, Outrage, I don't think that's necessarily too strong a word, about pages four and five of the Daily Mail that uh, highlights the, uh, the, the, the new female members of the Cabinet, but highlights what they're wearing and uh, their makeup as opposed to what they have achieved in their life and why they may or may not be suitable for their positions. And we've had a couple of emails and texts on it from women, but it's been men calling in. And I'm starting to wonder, is it that thing when m- white middle-class people... Uh, call for for adverts to be banned because they're racist. 
So it's white middle-class people sticking up for black people or Asian people. Or is it when straight people say that something might be homophobic? Am I doing the same thing here? Am I being that straight guy that says, oh, you can't, oh, no, you can't do that because uh, that's actually really offensive to gays? Or maybe people are just used to it. The thing is, to me, this seems so beyond... Maybe it's because it's one, two, three, four, five... It's nine women over two pages as opposed to a one-off. Yeah, and, and we're used to the things of, you know, they'll find pictures of Kate next to Diana, um, put them next to Diana in similar poses and then talk about similarities. We're used to double-page spreads like that, but this is about women being appointed to really important political positions. And we're not talking about 22-year-old pop stars who are trading off an image. We're talking about, some, in some cases, 50-year-old seasoned politicians. I couldn't give a stuff what they look like. What they wore. You know, are they going to do the job well? Yeah, fine, you got it. Right, that's it. That's all that matters, isn't it? Isn't it? I need a woman to call in and kind of... And also, if you think, actually, if you've seen the mail, or you've heard us talking about it, and you think, actually, do you know what? What are you banging on about? It's just a bit of fun. Or this is the kind of stuff... It's important what they... Okay, here's a question. Is it important what these women look like on any level whatsoever? 08459 455555. Because I guess on some level it is... I talk about I wouldn't give jobs to people with tattoos. If they look smart and businesslike, that's it, isn't it? That's all you want. I guess so. Mind you, look at all the shambling, brown, brogue-wearing politicians of the past. They were characters. We focus on their shoes, I guess. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number to give us a call on that. Now, yesterday morning, we heard from a Dunstable woman worried about her disabled son uh, being stranded on his way to college. Brenda Brereton's son, Joshua, can use his free bus pass at peak time in central beds, but if he has to change in Luton, drivers can't accept it because of the changes that they've made to free driving and free transport for disabled and elderly people. Well, Dave Barrett is from South Beds Dial-A-Ride, and he's been in touch. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Ian. Dave, you were listening yesterday. Thank you for that. Uh, you heard uh, uh, the, the, the interview. What did you make of Joshua's story? Well, it, it, it touched me, uh, Ian, because it's, um, it's... I think this is a tip of the rather large iceberg in Luton. Um, I wasn't surprised to hear the story, but there's, there's many transport issues in Luton. And, um, you know, being a charity who try to help people who have difficult using public transport, um, I thought it was, it was good for us to get in touch and see if we could help. Uh, it could, we spoke again to, to Joshua's mum, and she said one of the pro- d- 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 one of the solutions that was suggested by Dave Taylor, Councillor Dave Taylor, was that, that Joshua could get the number twenty four, which would be a, a direct route. And Joshua's mum said, "Ah, that journey takes an hour and a half, and because of Joshua's autism, that would be too long, and he might get very upset." There's only so much, isn't there, Dave, that, that local councils can do to help people. Um, I, well, there is so much they can, I mean, we've got this budget issue, obviously, which um, the, the council could blame in the government on shortages, but uh, there, are, there are so many exceptions in. I mean, it, it, they're probably not exceptions because there are hundreds of people now, like, like Joshua, who are disabled, but also elderly people who have difficulty with transport that, um, that, that need help and can't move around. You know, social isolation is, is something that's, that's going to become a real but issue. If it, now, as in Joshua's case, Dave, there are options, and one option is that uh, he gets a bus that takes an hour and a half, and that option doesn't work for him. Does it not, and I'm, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate, does that not then fall onto the responsibility of the family, that there is an option available to them, it doesn't work for them, so is it then not up to the family to find an option that works? 
Well, I think that's. Uh, I had a long chat with Brenda Burton yesterday after um, after I was put in touch with her, and uh, yeah, she's a very, very determined lady. Um, she's she's been fighting for Joshua for twenty years, and, and the difficulties that he's had, and uh, she's she's trying to make their situation more public so she can get more help because she keeps finding brick walls in front of her. So. Uh, uh, yesterday, I think, was a breakthrough for her to, to get onto the radio and talk to you, to raise it with Councillor Dave Taylor, and uh, and also, as you said in the uh, in the interview yesterday, into maybe um, maybe something else could come from this because it's been broadcast a little wider, and uh, maybe we can help with that. Well, let's 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 see what suggestion you've got in a second. I just want to play this. This is uh, Councillor Dave Taylor, who told us yesterday that Luton Council were considering a number of options for disability transport. Have a quick listen to this. Disability transport. Well, I mean, we we're, we're working on that at the moment with the demise of of, of dialogue. Ride. And the situation is that we may be asking Dialeride to come back into Luton to support to, to support disabled transport, and um, we've got a program that will that will try and resolve that. So that's 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 a side issue, but it does worry worry me about this 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 young chap. So you're being called back into uh, to Luton Council to help with transport problems. Uh, well. I was flabbergasted by that quote uh, yesterday, Ian. I recorded it myself and, and took great pains to make sure I, I got every word right because uh, we've had no contact from the Borough Council about us coming back. Oh. Uh, it's not the first time that uh, this kind of situation's happened um, where things have been broadcast on the radio or, or in the newspapers that included us that we had not been involved in, in coming to that decision. But that that is, is a very important point for South Bed's dialer riding, but it's it's, as Councillor Taylor said, it's a side issue in Joshua's case. OK, Joshua's so what, do, are you able to help with Joshua? What, what, what can you offer? Well, I believe we can. As I say, we're, we're, a, company, uh, we're a charity aimed at helping people who find it difficult to use public transport. Now, Joshua's having difficulty for a number of reasons. One of them is an administrative issue, which is the, the issue of, of pricing of, uh, of, of uh, bus passes and, and, and things like that. The other is that uh, his condition uh, with, with autism uh, makes it very difficult for him to adjust to new situations. You know, if, he, uh, if he's got a routine going, he can stick to that routine. But if a new situation arrives, like the bus is late, or, I mean, and, uh, Brenda was talking about him taking a taxi one day, uh, which, which was a horrifying thought if, if you've got that kind of condition. Plus the fact that he's got sight issues, you know. It just makes movement very difficult for Joshua. Now, if it works on a regular basis, like it was, they were trying to do with the, with the, bus, uh, the busway and then changing, um, changing buses in town, if that's a regular thing and it always works regularly, then that would be fine for someone like Joshua. But, uh, but it, sometimes it will go wrong because it's public transport and it's the real world. So the solution we can offer is, uh, is on a more regular basis to be able to pick him up from his home, take him to the Barnfield College, which is where he needs to go, at times when his bus pass will not be free. Okay, maybe maybe other times because Brenda is determined that Joshua is is independent in his life, um, then he could try and use the public transport route. But we, we're a safety net for him here. You and, can uh, help out fill the gaps. That, well, Dave, that's the idea. Dave, listen. Yeah. The, the, thank you for getting in touch. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for for helping out with Joshua's situation. That's Dave Barrett. Uh, D- Dave Barrett. Sorry, from South Beds. Dial a ride. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lynn's in Hamel. Morning, Lynn. Good morning. What you got for us, Lynn? Oh, sweet pie. I've got a little bit of a headache. I know, and you've got the amp on as well today, Oh, I've got, I've got the right, I've got a right, such a cob on yesterday. I, I don't I'll know. tell you what, you're doing well, though. I had, a, I had, a, I had an argument with a surgeon and a cancer nurse yesterday. Well, you didn't explain why, though. Well, the, well I, they basically, I've been told once, I haven't got cancer, by the way, <coughs> someone in my family has. 
Yeah, and we'd been told we were going. We were been told we were going for a meeting about one thing. When we got there, it, it wasn't what we were told it was going to be. In fact, the the cancer nurse broke the news rather dramatically and uh, <coughs> without any concern to the p- patient that they were going to be having surgery in a few weeks' time. When we're like, oh, so we yeah. didn't even know surgery was a, was was a strong option. So I had a big argument with them. It's horrible. And then, hey, and then Lynn, right? Oh, they, they, I realised, of course, they were covering their backs in case Which there's a little, there's a little um, blame claim type thing going on. I don't, I don't want to make a legal claim. I just want to... Anyway. want the answers. And then they suggested that this operation gets done at Wexham Park Hospital which is one of the worst hospitals in the country, according to the CQC. The head of the care quality... It's in Slough, right? The head of the Care Quality Commission said he would not send patients to that hospital. And I said, right, well, she's not going to go there and have it. Why not? Because I've read a bit of the the, the CQC report and it does really, really badly. Yeah, you wouldn't send somebody there if you cared about them, would you? No. And I got looked at as though I was a piece of dirt for dare suggesting that we go to a different hospital. Anyway, Lynn, I'm going off on a tangent. That's why I've got a cob on. Uh, I just want to check if you're all right, really. I'm all right, Lynn. I'm all right. I haven't got a beef, darling. Oh. I just wanted to say that I totally agree with what you're saying about this thing with the lady politicians. Yeah. I'm thinking you're about 20 years younger than me, but I'm sure you remember the phrase Blair's Babes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Blair's Babes, yeah, yeah. Is it not a little bit? Yeah. And I agree, I think it's appalling, because whatever these women, they've obviously achieved things in their life to end up being in the position they're in. Yeah. And I think just to sort of, I mean... I just think it's appalling, and I agree with Catherine. Does anyone say, ooh, David's looking really hot today in his Armani suit, showing off his tight-toned thighs? It's just... As JVS would yeah. say, oh, how rude. Exactly, Lynn, thank you. Just to, just to clarify, that was me that made that point. Was it? Y- you know it Sounds was. the sort of thing I would have said. Yeah, you, you were poo-pooing that point, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving, approaching the Bracklap back. Clat roundabout, sorry, on the Great North Road due to those roadworks taking place. The M25 looking very slow, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 for Watford. The A1's looking rather slow, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Apex Corner, and also possible delays on First Capital Connect between Luton and Sutton. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 08459 four double five five double five. Uh, the Daily Mail really has... Uh, Blair's Babes was about 15 years ago, though. So to still be doing that kind of coverage now, 2014, is that right? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, Muslim women in Luton tell the BBC they'd go to Syria. Anger from Hertfordshire residents about to lose their recycling centre and researchers say telling someone they're pre-diabetic is not helpful. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some women in Luton say they're prepared to join Muslim brothers and sisters in the fighting in Syria. It follows a campaign by police forces nationwide urging Muslim women to inform on family members planning to fight in the war-torn country. More than 
140 British imams have pleaded with Muslims not to go and the government advises against all travel. But these women in Lutonsbury Park don't accept that message. If I had the opportunity, I would definitely go to Syria to help out the Muslim brothers in need and sisters. Like the Prophet said, we're one body. If one part aches, the whole body aches. Yeah, so I would definitely fight for them. If they want to go out there and support their family, good for them. It's a good cause as well, isn't it? Reports from Gaza say Israeli air raids overnight have killed 10 people, including a five-month-old baby, taking the number of Palestinian deaths since the current round of hostilities began to just over 200. The homes of some Hamas leaders were targeted. Residents of Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling centre. Hertfordshire County Council is reviewing the use of 17 sites in the area and have proposed to close the one in Elstree. The nearest alternative is a 14-mile round trip to Potter's Bar. Lawrence Stack is from the Elstree and Boreham Wood Residents Association. It would be a disaster. With all the build and all the rubbish, people have got it. People will fill up other bins. They will put send stuff to landfill. And it's too far to go to Potter's Bar. Why should we have to suffer for everybody else when we can have a possible 50,000 people as a population in the town? David Cameron will complete his reshuffle this morning with the appointment of some junior ministers. He'll then face Prime Minister's questions before heading to a summit in Brussels where he'll lobby for the UK's next European Commissioner, Lord Hill, to be given a key role. Two women and a man were injured in a road crash yesterday in Luton. Ambulance crews say all three were put on immobilising spinal boards as a precautionary measure and taken to hospital. The collision happened at midday yesterday on Crawley Green Road. Medical researchers say there is no benefit to the widespread practice of telling people with higher than normal blood sugar levels that they are pre-diabetic. More details from our health reporter Helen Briggs. If you have higher blood sugar levels than normal, but not high enough to be classed as type 2 diabetes, you may be told by a doctor you have pre-diabetes. A third of adults in England would fall into this category. However, only about 1 in 10 would go on to develop type 2 diabetes each year. Now researchers are arguing the label's unhelpful and has virtually zero clinical relevance. But Diabetes UK says identifying those at high risk gives them the chance to change their lifestyle. In football, MK Dons lost 1-0 to Irish Premier League side Drogheda last night. Stevenage lost 1-0 in their friendly at Barnet. And a young Luton eleven lost 2-1 at Kempston Rovers. The weather, a fine and dry day with some good spells of sunshine and a high of 26 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Absolutely picturesque, beautiful bridge to drive over. It's all about where you live. Nice quiet village just on the outskirts of Bedford Town Centre. And all this week we're featuring some of our North Bedfordshire villages. It's always been a lovely village, local, you know, and uh, quiet. It actually has everything anyone could want in a village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly's asked me a question that I think I know the answer to, and I've said it with such conviction, I've convinced myself. I think this is the right answer, but Kelly, ask the listener. When I'm watching this morning, good morning, Britain's mornings here, Yes. Uh, when it's approaching the time for adverts, there's a little, uh, you know, that little thing that pops up in the corner, a little black and white yeah. circular thing. Yeah. It's been popping up for years. Yeah. Why? 
Well, I, my answer is it's, it's regional. So the regions know the adverts is coming up. Get ready. They hover over the play button to play the adverts because they have different adverts around the country. Don't they know just by the timings? <laughs> I don't know. No, because it can be it's slightly fluid. Some programmes have very strict break time. Some it's a little bit... But why don't they have it when, when its adverts are coming to an end? To let them know that would be their last advert. So she, she's got me. She's got me. Got me on a technicality there. Oh, eight, four, five. Catherine thinks she's got an answer. Well, if you're running the adverts, you know when it's coming to an end, don't you? OK, right. I, 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 yeah, yeah, sure. 08459 four, double, five, five, double, five is the phone number. Other things. A number of Muslim women in Luton have expressed the desire to join fighters in Syria. We'll be talking about dumps. Do you like a good dump? We all do, don't we? And the Daily Mail, pages four and five, where they've gone into great detail about the new female ministers... But about what they're wearing and their makeup. That's not right, is it? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. La la la. And also, if you can explain exactly what that little black and white thing is in the corner of the uh, TV, it's about twenty-five seconds before going to ad breaks. I think it's a regional opt-out. I don't know. Now, a number of Muslim women in Luton have expressed uh, the desire to join fighters in Syria. As police continue to urge them to inform on male family members considering jihad in the region, a BBC reporter found several young women in Berry Park willing to travel there themselves. Justin Dealey has been in Luton this morning. Morning, madam. You're on your way to work this morning. If you didn't have a full-time job, would you go to Syria? Yeah, I would go to Syria because I don't think there's nothing being done at the moment by, you know, the BBC or anything, so I would go out there to help them. They're not helping enough, like, broadcasting it around the whole of the world. And I think because they're not reporting what is actually going on in Gaza, I think that's why everyone's angry about it. So if you went out there, would you be going out there to fight or would you be going out there simply to support? To support. Who would you be supporting? The, um, the brothers and sisters that are in Gaza that are suffering. If you didn't have a job, there'll be no hesitation. You'd be on a plane, and despite any consequences, you would go. Yeah, I would go, yeah. Well, that young lady there was talking about uh, Gaza, which is, uh, whilst terrific, is a, a different um, region altogether from Syria. It's two completely different stories. And I think that maybe that's part of the problem, that there is such confusion as to what what battles are being fought by whom. I'm joined now by Dr Nazia Kanum, who is uh, chair of Luton Women's Network Against Violence and Extremism. Good morning, uh, Nazia. Are you disappointed that women in Berry Park are prepared to go and, and fight in the conflict and, and also offer support to people who are fighting? Yes, in a way I'm disappointed, but on the other hand, uh, there may be a lot of confusion about the consequences of going to those kinds of conflict zones. And I think awareness raising among young people um, must be uh, in full force, really, because it's not happening. The awareness raising and community engagement should be a bit more uh, sustained and, and continuously done by us, really, and the police and other agencies. These young people, of course, want to support, um, you know, humanitarian effort, efforts for people who are helpless out there. But they may not understand the dangers of going to these places, and they may get caught into all kinds of 
uh, of sort of sides which they may not even want. Well, while, while, while there may be an argument for going to uh, help sick children and people who've been injured, there yeah. are lots of people, though, who are, who are saying they want to go and either fight yeah, or support the fighters. Yes, the point is that, to, to a certain extent, it's a little um, arrogant as well on behalf of people who just want to go and help. How do they know what kind of help is needed on the ground without doing proper research? So why can't they join some humanitarian efforts of people uh, who are actually established charities, for example? and find out exactly what kind of help is needed in those areas. Because there may be, uh, you know, some specialists and other people who can advise them on this, and they should take advice first before even sort of planning to go out there. But it's, it's all well and good supporting a charity that helps, uh, uh, you know, the orphans and, and people who've been affected by this. But, but as I said, some of the young men and, and some of these young women, they actually want to go and pick up arms, don't they? If they want to do it, and if they don't do it, there is a difference there. Yes. You know. Yes. So I think some of the people who are talking to you or, or some other people may be just sort of expressing a wish, but that may not be come uh, into fruition, uh, because their families definitely, uh, if they're aware of it, will have an argument with them as to what are you going to achieve. By Should we be that. concerned that they're even expressing a wish to to be I involved am. in fighting? I am, but it's a free society. You know, we can't. We have to really um, be balanced. But it will be. But it's been. It, it's illegal, isn't it? It's illegal to go over there and and, and fight in this. Exactly. No. So, it, so it, it's not free. It is actually legal to go uh, anywhere you like because it's a democratic society. You can prevent free from people from going anywhere. But to fight a fight in a foreign country without knowing those uh, areas and become radicalised and come back to this country, that's a different thing. But but they, but I, I, I thought that, that they, had, they were criminalising young people that were going to fight in uh, Syria. I, I don't think criminalisation will be accepted per se because people will have to really have evidence before criminalising anybody that they have done something criminal. You can't just criminalise people just because they wish to go and help people. But they're arrest- they are arresting people that are coming back, aren't they? If they are arresting people for uh, inquiry, etc., um, and if they don't have any evidence that they have done something criminal, then that is completely wrong. But if there is evidence that they have, they have become jihadists, then of course, I mean, there is law and due process of law should be followed. Do you think it's, before we move on slightly, do you think it's acceptable for young British Muslims to go and pick up arms and fight in Syria? It's not desirable at all, as far as I'm concerned. Desirable is slightly different from acceptable. Do you think it's acceptable? To to, to me, it is not acceptable. But on the other hand, it's human beings we are talking about here. And people do all kinds of things which they believe in. You know, it's so difficult to control these people. And over 500 people have already gone to Syria, as far as I I hear from other sources, uh, to, to fight a foreign fight. And when they come back, they may destroy the peace and security of, of, of this country, so they are a threat. What is the uh, uh, Luton Women's Network Against Violence and Extremism doing to, to help this? I, I gather you've distributed a leaflet. Yeah, because I think the counter-narrative to these twisted jihadist views 
should be actually uh, circulated widely. And we have produced a leaflet um, and saying what uh, true Islam believes in. Is in a leaflet is a leaflet really going to change the mind of somebody who it, who, who thinks that it's okay to go and get involved no, in these fights? No, no, not per se. But on the other hand, if it is actually raising awareness of various family members, uh, particularly women, they can che- they can see the attitude of these young people. They can see changed behaviour of these young people and take a stand and have a communication with them, have a dialogue with them. Part of the problem uh, we've been we've heard from women in Berry Park is they don't listen to old imams, and it's that that's the, the, the classic thing of young people not not listening to older people so with the greatest of respect doctor they're not going to listen to you they're not going to listen to their religious leaders they are listening to young uh, people who are making islam seem a bit more exciting and a bit more youthful aren't they well yes and that's why women should involve themselves with younger women and younger men as well in their families because they are in a better position to have a dialogue with them and have a counter argument uh, than what they're listening, these young people are listening to at the moment. I think you have to make a start with the family, you see, because people who go to Syria won't tell me or tell the, even their families that they're going there. But we've had, we've had examples, haven't we, in, uh, recently, of, of uh, young men uh, in particular who've, who've gone off to Syria, but also, well, also young women, those two young sisters, where the family have come out and said, come back, you're, we don't want you out there, come back. They don't listen, do they? But we have to make the families aware before they go as to what changed behavior they are watching, they're observing, and what kind of warning signals they're picking up. Otherwise, it will be all, all, always too late, you know. Nazia, I appreciate your time. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Dr Nazia Kanum is uh, chair of Luton Women's Network Against Violence and Extremism. thing is, when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you don't listen to your mum. You don't listen to your dads because you know best. You are immortal. You will never die. You will never get hurt. And your idealism, and it is generally you're very idealistic at that age, um, and that gets mellowed out as you get older, your idealism is, is so strong that you completely believe in what you've done. You've seen that the older generations have completely muffed up the world. But you and your generation can make a difference. That's, look at history. That's always been the way. Look at the hippies from the 60s, man. They're all running banks and things. You know, it's just the, it's the way it is. They kind of like the disapproval of the older generation. It suggests they're doing something different. And, you know, it's all well and good saying, well, we need to get the families involved. But, you know, we, we, you're not going like, to... Now, don't you go off and fight in Syria. Oh, in, no, Mum. In the case of those twin girls who've apparently gone off to Syria recently, yeah. their brother went the year before. That's a pretty big sign. Yeah. But, you know, kids that age can keep secrets. They're, they're pretty independent. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call on that or any of the other bits and pieces that we're talking about. It's a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're getting reports in of the A1M heading southbound being partially blocked just at Junction 7 for Stevenage that's due to an accident that's happened there looking busy to Junction 10 for Baldock. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford and take a look at the A41, that's looking rather heavy heading southbound at Junction 20 for the M25 On the trains, possible delays of up to 15 minutes on First Capital Connect um, out of Luton um, and King's Cross, that's due to a signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 
Right, 8.16. It's, uh, oh, there we go, it's, uh, the, the chink of a cup as it's put down. It's uh, Wednesday the 16th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some women in Luton say they're prepared to join fighters in Syria. People in Hertfordshire are angry they're about to lose their recycling centre. And in last night's football friendlies, both MK Dons and Stevenage lost 1-0. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glasgow, 2014. Scores to be settled. I can't be bothered with that trail. I mean, really. <laughs> Have you heard it? Have you heard it? What was it? Glasgow, 2014. Oh. Scores to be settled. It's the Commonwealth Games. Oh. More sport. Basically, more sports is happening on the beach. Hey, hey, BBC, here's a suggestion for you. Not everybody likes sports. Some All controversial. It, some people find it tedious. Oh, I love sports. Oh, come on, you <laughs> coward. Are you, is your contract up for renewal or something? No, I'd, I'd rather cut my limbs off and eat them well, than uh, watch or listen to sports. And I would pay to watch that happen. Really? I really, really would. Oh. Yes. I don't, I, I, we've, had, we've had the... Come on, we've had the World Cup, we've had Wimbledon, now we've got the Commonwealth Games. The football season starts in a few weeks. Exactly. It's enough. Enough already. So, I'm sorry, Commonwealth Games... You're not getting played on this show today. Oh. It's in Scotland. That's why I'm doing a Scottish accent. Gosh. Yes. Are you contractually obliged to play sports trails? I'll play it later on, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Just before my show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, what is on your show this morning? Coming up this morning yep. on the big phone-in from nine. Oh. Should you just be banned from driving if you're caught using your mobile phone? You've seen oh, this story today. Yes. Uh, the minister in charge of transport says he'll consider doubling the number of points you'll be given if you're caught using your mobile phone behind the wheel. Currently, you can be given three points. But Patrick McLaughlin, MP, has been advised by the police so many people are being injured or killed by drivers texting or making calls, it should be raised to six points immediately. The latest figures show that 23 people die every year because someone was using their phone and around 74 people are seriously injured. Last year, the Transport Research Laboratory produced evidence that using your phone behind the wheel can be more dangerous than being drunk. Well, if you're drunk in charge of a car, you can get six months in prison and you'll be banned from driving for at least a year. So is it strange that the punishment for using your mobile phone isn't as serious? Mm. From nine this morning, I just wonder whether it's time to ban people from driving. If you're caught using your mobile phone, enough's enough. Perhaps that's the only message that's going to work. Because how often do you see it? Oh, there will be people in their cars listening now. Look to your left and to your right and you'll see someone doing it. Exactly. And why do they do it? Because they think, well, if they get caught, it would just be a couple of points on the licence or a ticking off from the police officer. Perhaps if everyone knew that if you are caught using your mobile phone behind the wheel... That's it. You're going to lose your licence for six months or a year. Would that then stop people finally from breaking the law in this way? Could be. From nine this morning, I want your views on this, your reaction. Should you just be banned from driving if you're caught using your mobile phone? Get your call in after nine on 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, 08459455555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. We've been talking about um, dumps. We all like a good dump, don't we? I love I love a dump. Very useful. 
it just well, it just it just gets rid of rid of so much stuff you don't need, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's talk of closing uh, the uh, dump, uh, the Elstree tip, which is a which is a great shame. It's not a, a tip I'm particularly familiar with. No, but it serves the people of Elstree and Borehamwood, and otherwise they fear they might have to go to Potter's Bar. Yeah, exactly, and um, well, you can give us a call this morning. We've not been taken up on uh, offers on um, the best thing you found at the dump. I found records. I think we might have found the best things, though. You've found records. An accordion. Yeah. But my dad brought home a beautiful accordion. And I got rid of it recently. I don't, I've got no idea why I got rid of it. I do know, actually. It was, was taking up a load of space and I can't play the accordion. Uh, so 08459 uh, Leon Reef is online. Morning, Leon. Morning, Ian. Now, Leon, you are the leader of Labour, uh, the Labour Party and spokesperson of Highways and Waste Management. Yes, at the county, uh, yeah. the count- Yes, OK. Right. What's your, what's your take on this? Um, well, basically, um, there, are, there are two scenarios here. Um, first, the first is obviously the one that everybody's uh, worried about, that Elstree and the Hodgson sites will close, um, because um, the original consultation, which, is, which started a little while ago now and is going on, I think, until September, um, designated that the Elstree and Hodgson sites wouldn't be considered. They were, they were uh, suggested for closure. Uh, which means that the actual consultation is skewed because it's only f- using 15 out of the 17 sites. Yeah. Now, we understand, of course, that they're, 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 you know, um, the government pressures are that the county has to save, make, make savings. We like to call them cuts because that's what they are. Um, and, uh, frankly, you can't have a consultation, a fair and transparent consultation, if you don't include all of the sites. And our motion yesterday to county was about that. Okay, so if you were in power, you'd keep it open, would you? Where would you get the money from? Well, it's interesting you should say that, uh, Ian, because um, just just recently the um, county had their annual report published, and in it there are a number of figures um, which include the uh, usable reserves. Now, the usable reserves total to total to £156 million. Pounds. And we're talking here about saving around about seven, six to seven hundred thousand pounds a year over a period of four or five years. Now, this council, Hertfordshire, are very good at telling people what they're going to cut, in line with these uh, cuts, to the closures to the proposed closures and changes to the waste and recycling centres. There is also they plan to take out seven hundred thousand pounds from bus, the bus services next year, um, and. Children's services are going to be hit too, 1.89 million. Um, and also the Countryside Management Service, which uh, the proposal is to take £150,000 out of that. Now, we are, are opposed to all of that. We've said the amounts that they are talking about compare favourably with what you can use from the usable reserves. Right, so if you, if you were in power, you would, yeah. you would keep this tip open? Well, look, it was the choices that the Conservatives have made over and over, of course, of course, of course, all of the, you know. Leon, if you were in power, would you keep this tip open? We'd we'd look at what needed to be done, but I would be quite honest about this and say, you know, there is no point in closing waste and recycling centres now, because what you're going to get, it's a fool's errand. Because what you're going to get is, I'm not saying people are going to jump in their cars and not go to not go to sites and, and fly tip, but what you're going to get is you will get extra flight tipping. But you can't you guarantee get, hey, that you can't guarantee no, hey, that Labour in power that you would keep this tip open. No, no, I, I actually I actually will guarantee it because frankly, I tell okay. you something now. We have got government targets to meet on recycling, and those targets will now go down. 
because people will not recycle. Okay. They'll put the, the recycling uh, goods into the into the ordinary waste bin. The waste those waste bin will be collected. They will go to landfill. Landfill costs us extra money to pay in okay. tax to the government. So if you're in there, power, you there is no saving open. here. You there is that, no savings here. You would keep that tip open. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. We've got to end it early on Riff. Thank you very much. Uh, Steve's in Bushy. Morning, Steve. Good morning to you. Steve, you've got to co- a comment on this story. I've got a big comment. Basically, oh. basically, this is all a matter of greed. Oh. The actual site that we're talking about is, is prime prime development site, and I will guarantee that some developers have approached the council or, or whoever and offered them a ridiculous amount of money for this site. That's what it's all about. It's only greed. That site is worth fortunes, believe me. Absolute fortunes. So what, you think they're getting rid of it, not just to save a few grand, mm-hmm. but that they're going to sell it for a shed load of money? Absolutely. That's, that's bottom line, yeah. And how do you know this, Steve? I don't know it, but I can't... I, I don't know it, but I will guarantee if that site gets sold within a year or within two years, it, start, it, it will be developed. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Well, I suppose they build, they build um, like loads of flats and stuff. We need more properties, don't we? They've got plenty of space in, in, in Borehamwood and Elstree to build, plenty of land. There's no shortage. It's pure greed. You watch this space. Say I said so. Steve, when, when, uh, when I'm living in my luxury apartment oh, yeah. on, on what was formerly Elstree Tip, I shall invite you round for a cup of coffee. I look forward. And uh, I will pat you on the back. Steve, I- thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call about any of the bits and pieces, what we are talking about. Should we have a quick look at the front pages? Yeah, should... I'm getting a little bit of a headache. Kels, can I get a glass of water, please? I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take some drugs live on air. How's about them apples? Uh, the front page of the Times, Downing Street Detox, Gove Axe from Education after election guru warned Cameron of negative poll findings. This whole cabinet reshuffle, by the way, is um, is because a focus group has said to David Cameron, hey man, hey man, you need to uh, change things, otherwise you're going to do badly in the election. You need more women, you need to get rid of people like Gove, because they are toxic to the brand. That's all it is. Not necessarily about the politics. Michael Gove was removed as Education Secretary after David Cameron's election guru warned about his toxic polling. Uh, Mr Gove paid the price as the Prime Minister reshaped his cabinet into an election-fighting unit. It's all because loads of polls and focus groups and things have said you need more women. That's what it is. Mohammed in Luton. Morning, Mohammed. Morning. What you got for us? I was just going to make a point um, about all this uh, this sort of negative news that we seem to hear on various different media formats of media about Syria and more importantly about people going over there. You know, to everyone seems to focus on people going over there to fight in this war. Yeah. But you don't sort of hear enough about all the sort of positive stuff that's going on, you know, and I'm talking specifically about giving aid in charity. And people actually physically going out there, uh, you know, to take uh, food and uh, medical aid and and whatnot for the people of of Syria, as opposed to, you know, specifically going out there to fight. But it seems that everything you hear about is people going out there to fight. But, you know, you never hear about all the good things that are happening. I just sort of wanted to get get that point across. People going out there to fight is a big story, isn't it? You would would assume that where there are... I don't think it is a big story. I think the big story about... Why why aren't all the good things in life big stories? Because they're boring, Mohammed. They're boring. (laughs) Well, it's it's true, they're boring. But but also, it's true, you're not going to sell a newspaper with, hey, something good happened today. Someone went and did something nice. It doesn't sell a newspaper. 
let's bring back page three and rather have you on one page. Let's have it spread all across the newspaper because that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, that's the daily. That, that's the star you're describing there. That, that, they do that quite quite freely. But also, well, it, it is. Sing- on your, I think it depends on your mindset as to what you think is good and what isn't. Well, no, but- also, Mohammed, uh, do you not think it's significant that British people are going to a foreign war and are fighting uh, and are being criminalised because of that? Do you not think that's an interesting story? Not really. Why? You find it boring that British citizens you find it boring that British citizens are travelling to a foreign country to fight and they are being criminalised for it. You find that boring. I think so. I think we should highlight because again, you're you're focusing on a minority. No, 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 no. no. It is a minority, but even even minority stories, Mohammed. Even Mohammed, Mohammed. Even minority stories can still be interesting. Let's talk about prostitution then. That's a minority. What? What has that got? What has that got to do with Syria, Mohammed? Well, let's just go off on a tangent, shall we? Why? No, no, no. Let's focus. Minorities, aren't you? Let's. I'm on about. Look, why don't we, as a country? focus on some of the good things that we all do collectively rather than you know and and seeing as we're on the topic of sort of i know what you're you're all thinking it's like muslims again you know but okay no mohammed 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 stop no no, 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 stop you can make your point yellow card yellow card because you've just made no mohammed you've just made a wrong i'm probably the voice of your asian muslim no you're not mohammed and anyone who says that is a plum no one can say they are a spokesperson for a specific group you have just made i'm I'm going to mohammed mohammed listen who are you talking for I'm talking for me, mate, and you're talking well, exactly. for you. Well, I'm talking for myself. No, you just yeah, said you're the mind. voice of Muslims in Luton. You're not. You're not the voice of Mohammed in Luton. Not specifically, mate. Basically, you know, if you speak to most Muslims, they would like you to focus on the good things. That's take what I'm saying. That Do you know how much money is being raised in Luton alone for Syria for the, for the benefit of the people? And you know where all yes, that money's going, do you, Mohammed? Sorry? You know where all of that money's going, do you? Mate, I'm telling you, this is how deluded you are. You don't even know. People are physically, not just raining charity, they're physically putting their lives at risk. Yeah, I know. To cross the border I know. and go there and give charity. I know. Yeah, Mohammed, and come back. I know. What are you talking about? Do you know where that money's going? Do you know where all... Come to the mosque. Do you... Come to one of the mosques in Luton. Oh, blimey, yeah, man. and you will see where the money's going, my friend. Well, no, Mohammed, do you know where... Well, I mean, do I'm you... not talking about Muslims. Mohammed, are you going to listen or am I going to have to let you go? Are you well, going to have a conversation? No, no, no. You well, hang no, on you a minute, sunshine. Minute. Are you going to have a conversation with me or are you going to have a rant? The choice is yours. If you're going to have a rant, I'm going to let you go. If right, you're well, going to have a conversation, you can well, stick. Well, you listen to me for a minute. No, yeah. he's having a rant. Flipping it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M heading southbound. There's been an accident at Junction 7 for Stevenage, so we are seeing queues of up to an hour to Junction 10 at Baldock at the moment. Taking a look in Stevenage, it's causing problems on Broadhall Way between Monkswood Way and also Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving on the sensors between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. On the trains, possible delays of up to 15 minutes on First Capital Connect. That's between Luton and King's Cross, there's been a signal failure. That's the latest. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Now, Mohammed is going to make all kinds of assumptions about why I cut him off. The very simple reason I cut him off is, is he was not prepared to have a conversation. I could have kept him on until nine o'clock if he'd wanted to have a conversation with me and to listen and have a two-way exchange of information. 
That wasn't... He wasn't going to allow me to do that. Mohammed, if you want to come back on and have a conversation... You're more than welcome to, but none of this, shut up, you've got to listen to me, none of that, none of these making far-reaching assumptions, have a conversation, okay? I'm going to give, I don't normally do this, I'll give you a second chance. I'm feeling generous today, Mohammed. I'm going to give you a second chance. If you want it, 08459 455 555. Right, 832, let's get the news. Here's Jane. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Some Muslim women in Luton say they are prepared to join fighters in Syria. It follows the police campaign urging Muslim women to inform on family members planning to fight in the war-torn country. People in Elstree and Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire are angry over plans to scrap their local recycling site. The nearest alternative involves a 14-mile round trip to Potter's Bar. Reports from Gaza say Israeli air raids overnight have killed 10 people, including a five-month-old baby. It takes the number of Palestinian deaths since the current round of hostilities began to just over 200. The weather, sunny and very warm again. On to sport, and we start with last night's football. MK Dons lost 1-0 to Irish Premier League side Drogheda in their second tour match. Young midfielder Delhi Ali missed a penalty. Stevenage lost 1-0 in their friendly at Barnet. A young Luton eleven lost 2-1 at Kempston Rovers with Akeen Amadi scoring for the Hatters. In other friendlies, St Albans beat Dagenham 6-2 and Hemel Hempstead lost 2-1 at Solihull. Chelsea are the visitors to Adams Park this evening as Wickham Wanderers play Jose Mourinho's side for midfielder Matt Bloomfield's testimonial. Chelsea will field a host of first-team players and Bloomfield says he's delighted to have secured the fixture. Jose Mourinho will be manager and Petr Cech, John Terry and uh, Branislav Ivanovic, the three names we've been given that will be playing. So, you know, that's fantastic, you know, bring their wealth of experience and, uh, you know, big game experience. Also, there'll be some exciting players coming through the development squad as well. Liverpool have signed the Serbia international Lazar Markovic from Benfica for an undisclosed fee. In cricket, England bowler James Anderson faces a potential four-test ban after he was charged by the ICC with misconduct. He's been charged with allegedly abusing and pushing India's Ravindra Jadeja as they left the field on day two of the first test at Trent Bridge. The ECB says Anderson categorically denies the accusations. In the Tour de France, yellow jersey holder Italy's Vincenzo Nibali takes an advantage of 2 minutes and 23 seconds into the 11th stage. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next bulletin is at 9. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, the way this show... Well, maybe I need to set the, the rules out. I've not set the guidelines out for this show for a long time. The way this show works is anyone can call in and talk pretty much about anything. Lots of you call in about the stuff we're talking about. That's great. You can also call in with your own agendas. The odds are you'll probably get on. Okay, And anyone can call. Anyone's welcome. But, 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 you've got to have a conversation. You can't just shout and uh, d- d- speak over me. And when you are challenged, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you'll have uh, either statistics or empirical evidence or facts to back up, uh, back up your, um, your points. Okay? Now, Mohammed. You were cut off. I'm sure you've already made up your own agenda as to why you were, you were let go. You were cut off because you weren't prepared to have a conversation. Uh, I'm doing what I don't normally do. I'm going to give you a second chance. Maybe you didn't know the rules. Maybe you didn't know what the rules were, OK? 
I've explained the rules, so you can come back on 08459 455 555. Very simple. You have a conversation, we discuss things, and uh, you allow your points to be challenged, and then you come back and defend them. I've just been told that Mohammed is coming back on. Is, is it worth waiting for him? First of all, yeah, we'll wait for him. He's going to come back on. Here we go. Mohammed, would you like to try again? Ian, you calm down, mate. I seem to have stuck a cord with you, I think. No, no, no. It was just... It was your, <laughs> it, it was your, it was your rudeness and your inability to have a conversation oh, that upset oh, me. right, OK. Would oh, you right. like... That's would, a shame, cos um, I'm would, in sales and I seem to find that I convolate quite good. You, you convolate? Uh, what does convolate mean? You know, conversate, rather. What does conversate mean? Right, rather well. But well, anyway, you, come, let's you talk just about made what up, we're going to talk about. You've just made up two words there, Mohammed. so I, I'm not quite sure how well you convert. Hey, but yes. We're always adding words to the English dictionary. I just thought, you know, my well, attempt. As a salesperson, I would have hoped you'd have spoken uh, incorrect English. Anyway, Mohammed. now, anyway, rules, mate, look. let me lay the rules out before we get into this, OK? Go on, then. The rules are, we have a conversation, OK? You listen to me. And I, then when I say something you don't like, you throw your toes out of your pram. Oh, sorry. OK, go on. I'm joking, mate. The rules are, Mohammed. <laughs> yeah, go on. The rules are, Mohammed. you listen to me, yeah. you respond, I listen to you, and you respond. Do you think you can do that without being rude? That's excellent. I think we can do that, yeah. Do you think... You hey, can... you're the one that called me a plummy, and come on. Do you think you can do that without that uh, uh, um, horrible, sarcastic tone in your voice? Yes, yes, come. Okay, Let's have then. a conversation. So, okay then, Mohammed. So, you right, called can up. I go first then, please? I tell you what, why not? I'm feeling generous Excellent. today. All right, good. Right, so I called up, yeah, because there's all this negativity in the media, yeah, about things that are happening in other parts of the world, yeah? And let's be fair, it does tie in with Islam and Muslims, what's going on in Syria. And why, do you, why do you think, and why do you think that is, Mohammed? Why do you think it ties because, in with Islam and, and, and Muslims because, in Syria? Because, because let, let's be honest, we know they're a, they're a Muslim country, yeah, and they're, they're fighting, they're fighting, and there's you know. So that's that's uh, why that's why Muslims are mentioned. That's why Muslims. That's why Muslims are mentioned. He's not listening again. That's why Muslims are mentioned in that story, Mohammed, because it's a Muslim country. Okay, so that's yeah, not a, exactly. that's not a hidden agenda. That's no, a, no, that's of course a it's not. Okay, no, exactly. So. My point this morning was just because I'm in, in and around the mosques, I live in a uh, town which is quite heavily populated by Muslims, yeah, I wanted the media for once to focus on some of the good things that are going on, not just within the Muslim community, but the community at large for Syria, which, as far as I see it, we should be focusing on the aid and the charity work that's, you know, not just money being raised, but people physically going out there putting their lives at risk, yeah, and they're going out to Syria to physically hand out aid. You know, they're buying, you know, the rice and whatever it may be that they're buying, uh, you know, stuff, food that's going to last a long time, and they're physically... And I can tell you this from first-hand experience in the sense that I'm talking to You've people been that have to been Syria. out there. You've no, been no, to... no, I've talked, I spoke oh. to people that have been, been so there. So from, from second-hand experience, from anecdotal evidence... <laughs> Okay, first, first-hand experience. Specific. No, Mohammed. Yeah, we, I know. Okay, we, we have to be right, specific yeah, in this yeah, conversation, okay. Mohammed. In this conversation, yes, we will be specific. Right, so you want to so, pick holes in everything I say? Okay, no, 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 like, Mohammed. No, okay, Mohammed. All right, so second-hand experience. Yellow Let me card. finish. No, no, no. Let me finish. No, we, we've we've stopped on a little point. You can carry on and make your 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 point in a second. Yes, when we have conversations, I kind of like to be specific and, and, and accurate. So you've not had first-hand experience. You've got anecdotal evidence. C- carry That's on. Fine. Yeah. Okay. So, but your response to me this morning and our first conversation was, it's boring. 
yeah? But you're not realising what you're doing to a community, then. Yeah, what just am I doing? What tell, am I... Well, Mah- Mohammed, Mohammed, Calm down, fella. You want to tell the negative side da- of Mohammed, what's going on. Mohammed, calm down and I listen. Calm, remember, remember the rules. Stay calm. I am calm, mate. Mohammed, remember the rules. You stay, need to stop interrupting me, Mohammed, stay calm. Remember the rules. We're having a conversation, OK? Of course we are. OK, so, yeah, I, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so, interject now, OK? Uh, so, well, uh, hang on, I want to finish. Just well, let me finish no, it. that's not conversation, Mohammed. That's a rant, and that's what got well, you no, cut off last time. Well, no, but you're interrupting. You need to learn to it's, not interrupt. It's called a conversation, Mohammed. We don't... When people, sit, when people sit down in the pub or in the park and have a conversation, they don't sit there and do their pieces and then go, i finished, it's your turn. People kind of... They have a conversation. So, what damage am I doing to a particular community today? Well, well, you tell me why your response was, it's boring. You tell me that. Why is it? Why was what I suggested boring to you? Because, Mohammed, I don't think it's the most I- significant part of the story. Because in terms of newspapers, uh, people do good things doesn't sell newspapers. I know it's, it's a cold, hard fact, but it's true. And finally... I think it's but Ian, Mohammed, hang on, Ian, let me just say, okay. do you not think that's a reflection of the society we live in then? Well, I, whether it is or not, I don't Come know. Come on, let's be honest. Whether it is or not, I don't know. And I, I also no, think but I'm asking your opinion, your personal opinion. Come on, you come over as really intelligent. I listen to you guys regularly. I, just, well, I don't know, you know if you do, morning, you don't seem to understand the format of the show. Well, like I said, I listen. I just don't third, take part too often because I'm normally not that good at taking part. Well, you're not. I'll be honest, Mohammed. I'm shoot you down all the time, but yeah, go on. Well, Mohammed, I'd give you a four out of ten, and that's primarily for for having the balls to <laughs> call you. up. It's not for it's not for effort. <laughs> and the third point job, is, I don't want to be a radio presenter, but go on. Yeah, go on. I'm listening to you. Third point is what. Are you going to carry on making little digs, or do you want to do this conversation, Mohammed? Yeah, let's do the conversation. Okay, it's not going to last much longer. Okay. The third point is, Mohammed. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? This isn't working for me, mate. I don't like your tone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. Go on, I'm listening. No, no, Mohammed. I, I, I don't like your tone. I've, I've been, re- I've been more than generous with you on the airtime, uh, and I, I, I really don't like your attitude. I'm afraid. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say thank you very much, um, and I hope you find another radio station to call. Oh, there's plenty. Cheers, Ian. Thanks. Okay. 08459 555555. If you want to hear that or Quado Radio again, you can in this week's podcast. Crikey. I, I gave him plenty of opportunity. Didn't I? I wonder what he sells. <laughs> Listen, anyone is welcome. He's had, he's had, what's he had, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of, of, of radio to make a point? Come on, make your point. Even if I disagree with it, particularly if I disagree with it, that's when it gets fun for me. Just don't do the, the sarky little digs and jibes and things. <sighs> Ron's in Luton. Morning, Ron. Good morning. Ron, what would you like to say? Um, I'm an old man, of course, and 61 years ago... Yeah. The Jewish community always sent their boys out when they got old enough to Jerusalem to fight against the Palestinians. Right. Oh, that's, they, 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 they still have um, military service in Israel, I think, do they? Is that right? Well, they did 61 years ago, and yep. it was a regular thing that the Jewish boys went out, did their two-year stint, then came home. Yep, yep. Now... 
61 we, we listen to what's going on in Israel today and you think oh it's just started but of course it didn't it was 61 years ago it started yep. and the boys used to go out and some came back some didn't um, today you're getting Muslim women who don't seem to be that well educated in the in the ways of the world because the men don't allow them now you've just had a very good example from Mohammed of a typical Muslim who only wants to give his point of view and well, not listen to anyone else now Ron in, in, in defense I've spoken to many Muslims and many Christians and many uh, the, the Jews and all kinds of people who are, are well, happy. you are a very intelligent man well, no, and but you Ron, can... I just have to say, I have to say this I've heard from people from all different races and, and ethnicities and religions who are prepared to listen Listen to other people's opinions. I, I don't think yeah, you can say he's a typical Muslim. With them, they always want to bring religion into the subject, and it's very hard sometimes to talk to them. Well, ironic. I've got to move on. It can be hard to talk to lots of people, but I, 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 I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like to think that Muhammad is. A, it quotes a typical Muslim, whatever that means. I don't think there's a typical Muslim. I don't think there's a typical Christian. I don't think there's a typical white person. Typical. I don't think there's a typical anything, really. Uh, and I've certainly had conversations with loads of people who uh, of different faiths who don't want to, you know, who are stuck in their point of view and other people who are prepared to listen. Uh, and I, I don't think that Muhammad is, uh, is a spokesperson for the voice of, of Muslims or anything like that. I think he may be an anomaly. He, he, he certainly... I, I didn't think he could conversate that well. 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking rather slow at the moment on the Great North Road, heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabouts. And the A1M heading southbound, taking about half an hour to get through at the moment. Junction 7 of Stevenage and Junction 10 for Baldock. There's been an accident there causing delays. Taking a look at the A414, that's looking rather slow at the moment around the Park Street roundabouts. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, slow moving between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. On the trains, possible delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connects between Luton and King's Cross. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.47. It's Wednesday the 16th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Some women in Luton say they are prepared to join fighters in Syria. People in Hertfordshire are angry they're about to lose their recycling centre. And in last night's football friendlies, both MK Dons and Stevenage lost 1-0. Last 14 minutes of the show, now would be an excellent time to give me a call. 08459 555. Before I speak to you, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a fine day ahead of us today, but also a high pollen count. We've got long periods of sunshine, largely dry, with temperatures reaching 25 degrees Celsius, a bit more in the way of cloud this afternoon, but still plenty of sunny spells. And clear spells for tonight, um, another warm night ahead with lows of 16 degrees Celsius. Now, there is some rain coming in from the west. We may not see any of this. If we do, it's most likely just to sort of um, tickle sort of the western parts of the area. Um, tomorrow, a largely dry and sunny day 
with some fair weather cloud around temperatures up to 26 degrees Celsius. And on Friday, those temperatures peak, looking at like they'll reach the high 20s, perhaps even low 30s, um, and a largely dry day. We may start to see showers in the evening, though. Uh, Saturday, there is an early warning in place for rain because we're expecting some rather heavy thundery showers and they may continue on Sunday as well. That's your latest forecast. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go to Dave in Dunsmore. Morning, Dave. Morning, Ian. Dave, what you got for us? Well, all I'm going to say is that this thing about women volunteering to go and do sort of like charity work yep. in war zones is nothing new, is it? They, they were doing it during the First World War. Yep. And that was that was about the sort of like mass social media we've got nowadays. They were still volunteering. Oh, and, and people will always volunteer to go to places and and do do things. I mean, the story today is uh, that that uh, we're not quite sure what these women from Berry Park what they intend what they would like to do. Whether they're going to offer medical aid or charity assistance or fight or help. You know, we don't quite know what the background is, and I think we we should perhaps investigate further to find out exactly what it is they're going to do. But also the story of hey people do good things. It it it, it may be society, it may be the world that doesn't sell newspapers. It doesn't sell no, newspapers. That's true, but it's, it's always all I'm trying to say is it's always gone on. It's always I mean, gone on. Yes, that's the only point. And also, Israel still do the national service now. They do still. And do you have to? Do you get called if if you're living in like England or something? Do you have to go back and do it? Well, when I lived in South Africa, my friend in South Africa was Israeli, yeah. and he had to go and do it, and yeah. he was like in his 30s. Oh, blimey, yeah, you've got to go and do two years. Same in the Greek. Um, the Greek have uh, national service. The Greeks have national service. But if you're well-connected, like my wife's cousin was, uh, you get to um, get to guard a museum for yeah. two years. In Spain, you can do that too, <laughs> and it, it, you can do a sort of community service rather than a national yeah. service. It's funny. It all depends, though, on how it, good your argument is. It all depends on who you know and how much dos you got in Greece. That's certainly the thing there. Leslie's in Luton. Morning, Leslie. Uh, good morning, Ian. Leslie, what would you like to say? Um, I work with Muslim guys, and on one night, you know, one of my Muslim co- colleagues, he, he came in and he said his family um, got, they were on their way to Syria with hum- humanitarian... Um, um, what you call it? And and they they said as a charity they they um collected money and they get blankets and food yeah. and, and 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 things. Well, and they know. said there's a, they, they, there's a lot of uh, some other Muslim who who does these charities. The problem is when there are good things done in the community by by the by the um communities um. The media doesn't pick these up because, as you said earlier, it's not news. They only picked up the one. They think they um 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 they um want to pick up the um um you know the the, the negative part of any community, you know, and that's how the, and that's how the media works. 
I'm I'm trying to think what we've, we we have turned down stories on this show of a person does a good thing, and I can't think of any specific examples, but I know that we've done it because it's. <sighs> Okay, I'll say it because it's boring, Leslie. It's boring, and when you're doing a, a, a newspaper where you have to sell copy, or when you're doing a radio show that is dependent on on, on getting listeners, uh, it, it, you, you need to do things that people are interested in. And a person does a good thing, you know. Okay, maybe it's a little three four minute feature, but beyond that, it, it's not that interesting. Yeah, but good things always make me smile. Bad things make people sad. Don't you think so? It's a very simplistic way of looking at, uh, uh, at it. Uh, I, I guess there's some truth in that. Or do good things make you switch off the radio and go, well, that's boring? No, because I, I love, I, you know, I, I, I love listening to good things. Bad things make me switch, switch off the radio. Bad things don't let me read the newspaper. But also, bad things are, in, are very often the more important Things and but as Catherine's pointing out on the screen for me, sometimes you need thank you, Catherine. You need to highlight the bad for something good to be done about it. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's aspect of of, of that. And, Where's and, the story? And, Where's the story, uh, Leslie? Right, uh, and, and we're kind of having a little bit of poetic license here, right? Ten Muslim women are going to Syria to offer aid. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you do with that? Do you have a phone in about that? Do you have? Um, you, there's no way you can really go with that. Ten Muslim women are going to Syria to offer aid. Do we know what aid they are going into? Okay. Well, okay. Well, well, and this is completely poetic license, Leslie. You're indulging me in a fantasy here. Ten Muslim women are going to offer aid to orphaned children in the Syria conflict. Okay. Right. That's that story. You've done that. There's a few minutes of radio. Ten Muslim women are going to Syria to pick up arms and fight people, and they don't know who they're fighting. Well, now that, that now that is a story because then you have to talk about the implications for uh, for the, for them and their families, the implications for whether people are listening to the imams, the implications for if they come back, who are manipulating these women, where are they getting this information from? Should we criminalise these women if they're doing that? Then you open up a whole debate, don't you? Yeah, exactly, and and and, um, and 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 I would think that you would be aware of a whole debate would open up on, on it, and all type of debates would would, would op- you know, open up on it. That's human nature. They're yeah. not going to just stick to ten women is go- is going to um to. Okay, you do, you be Catherine, right? Because this is a tough job she's got, and I, I don't always give her credit for it, but it's a tough job. You do it brilliantly. You're Catherine, okay? You're the producer of the show, Leslie. You've got a story. Ten Muslim women are going to Syria to offer humanitarian aid to orphans. Get me 15, 30, get me about 45 minutes worth of radio out of that. Go on. Um, I've, I've never done a radio show. Well, okay, okay, get me 10 minutes of radio out of that. What would you do? Well, well what I do, I would ask the public, um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see what you're, you're, you're saying. I would, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up on the story that's the 10 w- w- women that's 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 going. Is it right for them to go over? Is it right for them to get killed? Is it right for them to to be in, in involved? And why they're that's going? What and we're why doing, they're Leslie, involved? That's, that's today's show. That's what we're doing. Leslie, thank you very much indeed. It's not now. Listen, Catherine. This is a very rare on-air comp. Yeah. What you do is brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and it's a very difficult job, because we get given loads of stories. Some of them are rubbish, some of them are good, some of them look like rubbish, but if you polish them, there's something nice underneath. I love the happy stories. Yeah. We probably get five a day. Yeah. So I think we could probably do one show of them, yeah. fill them, but 
That's know, five minutes of radio. And, that, and, and, we can, and we can speak to the mother of one of those women now. You must be very proud of your daughter. Well, how, what did you do to bring her up so well? Uh, are you worried about her? Uh, when's she coming back? Thanks very much for joining us. There's no, there's no discussion to be had. There's no, uh, there's no controversy. There's no argument. It, and it's... I think what's interesting about this story is that we're talking about young people and they haven't changed over the years. The idealism of youth, the sort of arrogance because it's due to a lack of experience. People want to change the world and they believe they can do it. Problem is, we've got women in Luton who are prepared to go and do that and they don't know who they're fighting. And maybe that's more of the story. Maybe I should have focused on that a little bit more. But that's... Catherine, uh, uh, can I go back to knocking you on air now? Go on. You're massive div. Uh, Akbar's in Luton. Good morning, Akbar. Oh, good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um... Uh, a big debate, um, which uh, which couldn't be uh, completed in a short time. But uh, uh, if these women uh, are are going over there, we don't know um, what is the the, the purpose uh, of their uh, travel. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if, if if the purpose of the travel is humanitarian and uh, um, a, an ambition to join the world um, like uh, like you and me, then uh, then obviously they are well intentioned and good luck to them. But uh, they are going in a in a war zone, um, and there is a, there is a fight. Some of these women that, were, were, that, that this this report has come from uh, Seema Kotecha, mm-hmm. who's who's from Radio Four. Some of this uh, uh, is the women are going to they want to provide humanitarian aid. Some of them have said they want to go to fight. Uh, and, you know, if, if a Muslim is hurting, then all of Islam hurts and they want to protect and defend them. But they don't understand that both sides in this are Muslims. Yeah, Muslims. Yes, yes, and that, exactly. That, and maybe that is the, is the bigger issue that I've perhaps not focused on, that the people are saying they want to go and join in this battle in whatever capacity, but they don't actually know what they're talking about. Oh, exactly, and battle against who? Um, the, 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 the question is, uh, it's, it's an internal war within within Syria, and as a result, um, what we have is um, a, a, a new caliphate coming out of this whole situation, um, which which I would say that is, is being encouraged um, by by some forces um, in the in the in the world to to create a point of contact uh, with the with the with the wider world, because at, at this minute. Uh, uh, there is no point of contact, and uh, um, in order to sort of run the the, the world smoothly, I think uh, all these uh, militant groups and extremist groups uh, need a point of contact, and uh, this is uh, an emerging point of contact. Uh, now, uh, I mean, how useful that is, how how powerful that point of contact is, and how representative that point of contact is, uh, is uh, another uh, another debate and another. For another day, but at the same time, if these girls and these women are going there to pick up arms and fight uh, and be a jihadi and uh, uh, get help from there and come back and be part of this very peaceful society, then I think we need to look at our policies uh, and look at our system and of education where these girls are uh, and how these girls and boys are being brought up. Ladies and gentlemen, a sensible point. Akbar, thank you very much indeed. We got there in the end, didn't we? Oh dear. BBC Three Counties Radio, it's uh, coming up to 8.59. Let's get the latest travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
delays at the moment of about an hour on the A1M heading southbound uh, from Junction 7 at Stevenage to Junction 10 for Baldock after an accident that happened a little earlier on, causing delays on the northbound stretch of the A1M as well at the moment, and queuing on Gunnelswood Road heading southbound between Fairlands Way and Broadhall Way, um, not being helped by the problems on the A1M at the moment. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, heavy between Junction 22 at St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford, and delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between St Albans and King's Cross due to an earlier signal failure. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Thank you to all the callers today. Yes, even you, Mohammed, even you. And I, you know what? You can come back on again. It's not, you're not banned. Just follow the rules and don't be sarcastic. There's no need for that tone, is there? Right, that's it. That's your lot. I'm going to be at Watford Pond at half past ten this morning. I'm like Smiley Miley. JVS is up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Should you just be banned from driving if you're caught using your mobile phone? The Minister in Charge of Transport